Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight I am talking with my co-host from Number One Comic Books, Rod Clairbout. And we are talking comics tonight. We go into um, some Infinity War spoilers and do a little bit of comparison with Infinity Gauntlet and just cover a bunch of other books that we've been reading lately. I had an awesome time, as always, talking with Rod, and I hope you enjoy listening. Oh, comic books are just so easy for me to forget. Right, yeah, especially when you're reading like a lot of different titles and you're not reading like more than an issue at a time of something. Like if you're reading maybe a, a trade's worth at a time, you retain it better, but... Yeah. Like I have to like, I'm always worried when like, I read Southern Bastards because it's always like two fucking months and then it's like <laughs> I get an issue and I always forget what happened last. <laughs> yeah, no shit. We get a new Southern Bastards this week. Yeah, and then I don't know if we're going to get anything from him for a while. I wonder yeah. if this will be like, because this will, I guess, would be the end of a trade for him. And fuck, it always seems like it's like six months between a trade coming out with him and then maybe another issue starting up. Yeah. And if he's doing... um. Now he's doing the Avengers and stuff. I wonder if that would take away from it. Yeah, I know. And I need to do some research on that, too. Because, I mean, is he... I'm wondering if he's done with his run on Thor. Yeah, I wonder. But, like, another... I need to get caught up on it, but it's my understanding that, you know, Jane Foster isn't Thor anymore. It's back to, you know, Thor Odin's son. Yeah. And so it's like, well, fuck, I want to see how it got there. (laughs) Yes, yeah. From the cover, that's what it shows. Yeah, how you have Black Panther, was it Captain Marvel, She Hulk, Ghost Rider, Strange, and yeah, Thor the the, the guy Thor. <laughs> guy Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read any of the Jane Foster Thor. It's really good. Is it? Does yeah. he do her? Does he do her as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because his run started off, man, it's all on the comics um, or the Marvel Unlimited app. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, that'll be a good one to dive back in on. But the the first arc is, oh, fuck, let me check. Dude, that Marvel Unlimited app is pretty fucking great. Yeah, it is. Because, like, it, it, they, don't, they don't take shit off. They're always adding new old stuff each week. And they always keep the runs of everything that they put on there. Yeah, it's it's cool, and then and, the, and there's no like icky feeling of you that like, you're reading fucking pirated stuff. Yeah, yeah, because it's all. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like they make it a, a reasonable price for a year because I think it's like I think it's like sixty for a year or something like that. Uh huh. Which isn't bad at all if you consider like how much stuff I read, like that I can go back to, and just the fact that I have such a a huge library of back copies to go to. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading that Moon Knight run you were telling me about too, because I'm completely unfamiliar with that character. Oh dude, fucking Moon Knight is badass. 
God, he was the first like real character I actually read like issues of. And because I'd read, I think, I think my first actual comics that I read was like the like that I really read to understand and stuff was the Civil War trade with with from uh, Malar. So like that was two what was that like three years ago? So it was like six issues or something, or however long that trade was. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to read, figure out more stuff to read. And I remember listening to someone on one of the podcasts mentioned Moon Knight was their favorite character. And so I started checking out his stuff. And that's when I found that run. Like I'd heard the two is, I don't know who's the writer on it, but it was, it was the Oh six run of Moon Knight was really good. It's just the fir- after the first volume, it switches artists and it's like completely different for a little while, but almost took me out of it but the character is fucking insane and it's hard to understand i was surprised i understood as well as i did because he has like split personalities so you're getting like all these word bubbles from like three different voices but they're all coming from him oh that's cool so so it's always like kind of like you have to know like which word bubbles are for like which of his uh person like his different personalities (laughs) that's kind of like with deadpool and they just do them in different colors yeah, but it was like super confusing for me because like that was my first like real like dive into comics. So I like <laughs> yeah. trying to learn how to read the shit, and then like I was like super confused. Like I totally thought I was like reading separate characters. Like I was like, where the fuck are these people? Like because it would keep like well no like what it was doing. It here's what it did. It would it would kind of do like panels where he's the other person, and then panels back to him. And the thing was, I thought they were actually separate characters. I didn't realize they were all just his like different imaginings of himself or oh, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, who are these? Like, I didn't realize these three people were the same person. <laughs> like, I thought they were all different. <laughs> Dude, the excuse I hear more than anything when I try and get people to read like a book, like like I've loaned out the volume one of Saga and volume one of Nailbiter to so many different people. And I always get them back unread. And they're like, oh, I just... I can't, I can't read comics. I just don't know how to do it. It's so confusing. I don't know what order the panels go in, what order. It's like, look at the pictures and figure out the context. It's not that hard. I mean, children learn how to do this shit. Yeah. It's like, I do not accept your excuse. You didn't try hard enough. <laughs> and there's times where I'll, and, and there's times where like shit's like kind of like placed weird on page on panels and I'll accidentally read bubbles out of, out of order. Yeah. But I mean, I figured it out. I was like, oh, shit, I should have read that one first. But, <laughs> oh, well, I still get the whole point of it. It's not that hard. Exactly. I mean, sooner or later, after a few panels, if you keep reading shit wrong, you'll start trying different ways. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I say, let's just keep rolling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> God, dude, Nailbiter is so good. Like, I, always think about, I always think back to how good it was. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I love it. <laughs> uh, when you were talking about that um, Moon Knight being your first, um, that was your first Marvel book that you jumped into, you said? Yeah, like I kind of just read like a hand, like a the, just that one trade for Civil War. Other than that, I really hadn't read, like I knew of Marvel characters and just from like cartoons and stuff like that. But I hadn't really read any actual comic, not like comic history on any of them. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to what the first Marvel book I would have read was. Man, I'm thinking it might have been it might have been Civil War. It was either Civil War or Old Man Logan. I can't remember which one. 
Yeah. It yeah, is a trade. Thing. And that's the thing. There's just, there's just so much like stuff with Marvel. It's like, where the fuck do you go? Like, it's almost better to read events than anything with Marvel. Yeah. As, as long as whatever the event is, you kind of at least know, like, un, like know who the characters are. You don't necessarily need like a backstory to them. Cause like civil war, you didn't really need a backstory to most of the characters. You kind of just, you already kind of know, all right, I know who Cap is, I know who Stark is, and like these other characters, like some of them you know, some you might not, but like they don't all play huge roles. Yeah, actually, dude, it might have been the Unworthy Thor. That miniseries might have been the first thing I, but you know, I wouldn't have read the whole thing. I would have read the first issue, and then I probably ordered a bunch of trades. So, which Thor do they base Hemsworth's Thor off of? Mm. Is it like a mix of them? See, I've only read Jason Aaron Thor stuff. And um, that that first one of his was called Thor, God of Thunder, and he's the date on that one says 2013. And then there was Thor, Goddess of Thunder, and then right now it's Mighty, it's the Mighty Thor. And the Mighty Thor started off; it was still Jane uh, Jane Austen, but then I believe now it's transitioned back over to Thor Odinson. But I need to get caught up. Um, actually, I need to get caught up on all of them. I've started all three of those, and I didn't get caught up on any of them. I read too many comics. And then the Unworthy Thor is another one, right? Yeah, that was only like a five-issue miniseries, I think. So I wonder, you've seen all the Thor movies, right? Oh, yeah. So like the first Thor movie, would that like kind of like that first part when he loses his hammer? Would that kind of be like what that like little miniseries was? Well, in the miniseries, it, it picks up after... I think it was Secret Wars, maybe. See, I haven't read it. I just kind of going off the summary from the beginning of it, where Nick Fury whispered something into Thor's ear that was a secret truth that the Watcher had told him. And when Thor hears this secret, he drops the hammer, and it's they're like on the surface of the moon, and so he drops Mjolnir, and then he's unable to pick it back up after hearing this secret. That's weird. Yeah. That- Right? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> but then like Jane um so that would have been Jane. God, so in the Thor the so like, all of a sudden I'm I'm drawing a total mind blank now. Jane Foster? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was wanting to say Jane Austen. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> you already said that earlier. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was just a different different Thor. <laughs> like, no, was... no, that's just me being stupid and not being able to remember a fucking name off the top of my head. Nice. <laughs> Damn strawberries. <laughs> Jane Foster. Yep. Yeah. And then um, cuz she the she's got like cancer or something like that. And she she is able to hear Mjolnir talking to her or something like that cuz she has a stronger bond with the hammer than than Odin's son ever did. And it's kind of interesting because there's like some tension in between the two. But what's crazy is that she's like frail and sickly, but then when she touches Mjolnir, it like transforms her into like, you know, this lady Thor and she's got a helmet and nobody knows who she is. And, and the people in Asgard are pissed at her. (laughs) It's, it's pretty fucking good. I mean, it's Jason Aaron, you know, the guy's so good at writing stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the unworthy Thor is like men of wrath. (laughs) Oh, men of wrath is so fucked up. Right. um, But with the unworthy Thor, I think he gets 
a vision or he gets visited by by something that was kind of like similar to a watcher and they say that there's another hammer that a bunch of people are going to be seeking and it was the the ultimate thor's hammer that when the ultimate universe like collapsed or whatever that yeah. hammer actually punched a hole through into our reality and it came to rest in old asgard that's been destroyed and so it's all about thor trying to get it and like the collector gets there before him and like it's pretty wild because it's like the people who try and pick this one up, it uh, it, it it's not just that they can't pick it up, but like they get like severely electrocuted by lightning <laughs> if they're unworthy, <laughs> and like it really fucks the collector up at first when he tries to pick it up. But it looks like Stormbreaker from from in the movie Infinity War. Oh sweet! So yeah. does it so does, does the Stormbreaker in the comics also have the Groot handle? No, no, okay. the one in Unworthy Thor is um. Uh, I'm bl- I believe it's metal with like a spike at the end. Oh, sweet. Yeah, but I, Stormbreaker, I'm pretty sure is the name of like Beta Ray Bill's hammer. But I don't know. Unworthy Thor has Beta Ray Bill in it, and that's the only story I've ever read with him in it. But I I liked him in that, and I've heard from a lot of people he's a cool character, so I need to read more of his stuff. Uh, I've just heard the name. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, he's interesting looking. Is he? <laughs> yeah, dude. He looks like some sort of like cross between like a deer and like a person's face. It's it's very strange. The fuck? I don't know. <laughs> I want to know yeah. more about him. <laughs> but I was thinking that his hammer was called Stormbreaker and it looks very differently, but yeah, I don't know. Dude, there's so many fucking Marvel characters. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always reading shit and coming across characters I've never heard of or seen before. I'm like, who the fuck is this? Well, yeah, now that I've been like jumping into that Marvel Unlimited app a lot more, I've kind of been obsessing over going back and reading runs of books that people have always told me was good, like the Claremont X-Men stuff and was it the John Byrne uh, Fantastic Four stuff I've heard is really good. Was it, I heard, wasn't Slots pretty good too? Uh, his run on Spider-Man? Does he do Fantastic Four too, or is that him? He's, no, do, he's doing that. No, he's doing that coming up. That's right. Okay, I was gonna say I know Dan Slott did um, Spider Man for years yeah. and years. Yeah, I've read. I've read most of the Bendis run on the Ultimate Spider Man, which has been pretty good. Yeah, I've heard that that was really good. Yeah, I haven't got to. It's like a hundred and twenty some issues, and Jordan was like saying that, um, like that you get a ton of uh, Miles Morales Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And I'm like on issue like 89 or something like that, and I still haven't got him. <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck is this Miles Morales? <laughs> like, Peter's still here. <laughs> but I mean, it's fun. Like, it's easy to read a lot of like Spider-Man because you can just like blast through stories pretty quick. Yeah, I I haven't read too much Spider-Man. Yeah, that's really the only Spider-Man I've read a lot of. Like, I read. Like a random crossover series between with him and Human Torch, which was kind of funny. Um, there's like a five issue crossover. I think that's on the Marvel Unlimited that I read, and it was pretty good. And then just Spider Man from being like in other comics and stuff. Yeah, that's just kind of how I've gotten him. Is just when he's in other books. I mean, when when we first started doing the comic cast, I read a handful of different Spider Man books, but none of them really clicked with me. Yeah, yeah, like in the Ultimate Universe. Uncle Ben gets killed a little differently, but he still gets shot and stuff. It's just instead of him being like out on the street or whatever, and a robber is like comes across him or something, mm-hmm. it's like he get um their house gets broken into, 
and he gets shot in the, at home. Oh fuck! Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's scary, dude. Is that one of those things you've ever thought about? Uh, like someone breaking in. Yeah. Every once in a while, like when if I'm like laying in bed and I can't fall asleep, I'll think about it. Like if, especially like if I leave like my my screen door just open. So it's like I can have air coming in, but like I have the screen closed. I always kind of wonder because I usually sleep pretty light to begin with, but I always kind of wonder like if I have one of those nights where I do fall asleep really well, if like I would hear someone wake, like trying to come in. Uh, Is it like a second floor, like balcony or something like that? No, I'm on the first floor, so it'd be really easy. What? You're fucking crazy. (laughs) Well, I have like the little, the, there's like a thing on the inside of the sliding um screen door that like locks it so someone from the outside just can't open it oh, oh, oh. so they would, they would <laughs> but have they to like just cut, cut it. through your screen yeah. with a pocket knife but i feel like i would hear that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe i can like i can sleep through like really crazy shit like thunderstorms but then i can also like wake up by like the slightest like creak oh it's weird <laughs> so i feel like with my life on the line maybe i would wake up I feel like I have like that sixth sense in that respect. <laughs> I have my spider sense. That's great. <laughs> yeah, my preferred means of home defense if somebody comes into my house is I have a, a 39-inch wooden katana that's on the wall <laughs> over my closet. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Like it's called a boku. It's a practice sword. Oh, <laughs> uh, are those like the bamboo sticks? No, it's not of? bamboo. This thing's like fucking hickory, dude. Oh, fuck that. Oh, I would fuck a motherfucker up with that. <laughs> right. Like, I just hit him with a baseball bat, basically. Oh, oh Except God. Except more, like, easier to maneuver, probably. Oh, yeah. They're going to have a, a heavy, bearded, sleepy man swinging a wooden fucking sword at him in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder, like, should I need to get... I don't have anything, but I have I mean, I'm luckily, I don't live, like, in a really, like, bad area. So, like, there's usually not, like, any break-ins in our apartment complex, so... You need to get you a wooden katana. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, would. just imagine the level of confusion at the onset of that break-in, you know? Or well, just some they're, like, they're, like, they're like, is that, <laughs> is that somebody at the end of the hallway? Well, why is he standing like a samurai? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I could just get a real katana. Oh, dude, that'd be rad. There's <laughs> that'd be a, crazy. Well, there's can, a there's like sites and There's like sites and stuff you can order them from, but it's like super expensive. Yeah, dude. I was going to say, there's a swordsmith in Iowa. I think it's called like Morgan Creek Valley Forge. I follow him on Facebook to look at his stuff. And he uses like modern stuff, but like he has actually like studied in Japan and everything. And like he knows like all the terms for it and stuff, but he uses like modern steel and shit like that. And he makes these just beautiful custom knives and katanas and stuff. And just recently put up on his Facebook page that, you know, through someone probably canceling an order or something like that, this blade that he's been working on is like now available. And so he just had a picture of the steel up and it hadn't had the handle or anything, you know, applied to it yet. It was fucking gorgeous. And I think it was $4,000, $6,000 maybe. You could buy a sweet gun for that. <laughs> you could buy a fucking nice used car for that. Right. Versus what? Versus besides it, just like, dude, it's a real sword. Like, it's a real battle-ready sword that I have absolutely zero need for. (laughs) (laughs) If I tried to go to some kind of battle with this, I'd be fucked. (laughs) And I just spent, like, half my savings on it. (laughs) 
Oh, dude, if you go that far and you actually buy a sword like that and you're not like in the ham- MC Hammer pants in your backyard practicing your fucking <laughs> All the forms. <laughs> dude, I've thought about it just with the wooden sword. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I would have to, like, I would probably justify if I bought a fucking sword that cost that much money. I would probably have to then start getting, like, sword lessons and that'd be my justification for fucking <laughs> buying the sword. Like, well, I'm going to fucking spend some extra money and get good at using it so at least I can look badass with this $4,000 yeah. in my hand. <laughs> That's, like, the new thing you're into. And then you start following, like, a Bushido code. <laughs> <laughs> I just become a monk. Oh, the shit. <laughs> I go Ronin. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of um, Musashi Morimoto? Uh-uh. So in feudal Japan, he. Uh, no, what was the name again? Musashi Murimoto, Murimoto Musashi. Okay, no, yeah, I haven't heard that one. Um, he's kind of like this like figure of legend in, in Japan, but um. I remember one night I was flipping through the History Channel and there was a Mark Dukakis special on called Samurai and it basically featured him going back to Japan and like taking these sword lessons and learning like the real way to use a katana and all that stuff. But there was a period on it where he covered this this figure because he before then like Japan had like this very fierce code where samurais would carry two swords like a longer one and a shorter one and they would generally fight with the longer one with both hands on it well he kind of set off on his own when he was a teenager i think like the first person he killed we killed him with a fucking stick when he was a teenager jesus right and like he just kind of went off in the mountains on his own and taught himself how to fight with a sword in each hand and so then he went back and just started traveling around japan and just like going to these different towns and challenging like the local sword master of that town to a duel. And then he would beat them. And so like, I think over his period, I, I think he took like over a hundred heads or something like that. Jesus. Oh dude. I talked to my friend Shige about it. Cause he, he lived in Japan until he was 15 and then he moved over here and he was like, Oh, he died as an old man in a cave. He was just hiding. Cause everyone wanted to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in, in Samurai, they, they put it that he's just hanging out in this cave writing poetry. <laughs> And that's when he wrote the book of five rings, which is like this really slim paperback. You can read that's kind of like his whole philosophy on his manifesto on swords and stuff like on like fighting and life and everything. I've, I've got it. I've read about half of it. It's fucking deep, <laughs> but it's one of and then when um, I smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> well, then years later when I started listening to Joe Rogan, like all of a sudden Rogan was talking about the book of five rings on there and, and Musashi and stuff. And I was like, Oh good. A lot of people are hearing about it. <laughs> But the the craziest thing about that guy was that he he started bringing in elements of like psychological warfare with these people that he would duel. Like he would like set it up so it's like okay we're gonna duel in the morning on this island, and then this other person who is like totally serious would be there at that island at eight o'clock in the morning. And Musashi's no like he's still asleep somewhere. Like he'd show up like four hours later. And so by the time he showed up, this other person he was supposed to duel was like so fucking pissed off that they weren't focused anymore. And like the one dude that he did that to on this island, like the whole way that he's getting rowed across this fucking some body of water, he's taking one of the oars and he's a fucking knife and he's just like carving the oar down until it's about like a wooden katana. And he uses that to beat the one guy. Basically tells him like, oh, geez, I'm, a, I'm, so, I'm so much better than you. I don't even need a real sword. I'm going to use this wooden freaking stick and i'm gonna beat you so he was actually known for beating other master swordsmen with a fucking stick 
That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, and then he's, he would like, like beat them Neo. to death with the he's stick. He's like Neo from the Matrix. No shit, right? <laughs> he, he can beat anything. I don't know. It's a fantastic story. Yeah, that, that uh, History Channel thing's called, I'm pretty sure it's called Samurai. It's with Mark Dukakis, that dude who was like Iron Chef America. Uh, you know, okay. The guy who would take the bite out of the apple at the beginning and do the backflip. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's crazy too because when you were talking about like, when we were talking about the samurai swords, like a katana, I remember uh, this one time I was uh, with my bro- like with a group of people, my brother and stuff, and we were in uh, it was basically a head shop, and they had I'll never forget his fucking badass, but it was like five hundred bucks. It was basically a bong, but with the way it looked, it was so you had like the a the bong, bolt. yeah, no, like, <laughs> but here's how like it it was like. It was almost like a steamroller, but in the shape of a katana. So you had the handle, and then you also had you had a clear glass sword, but like in the bottom like portion, like the bottom half of the blade, it had like that like frosted white etching. Mm-hmm. So you could it was kind of like the design of the blade and shit in it, and it was fucking badass. So then you when you would if you would take the hit, it, the smoke would fill up in the clear blade of the sword. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. But like it was one that not weird. To, I mean, that's kind of cool. <laughs> but it, but you didn't smoke it like holding it up like uh, the sword up is the sword was meant to be like laid sideways. Uh huh. And so like though I'm assuming the one end, the hand the handle end had to have been where the the bowl was that you would huh. pack. I would guess. I don't know. I, <laughs> I was like sword blade against your mouth. <laughs> right. Like, I was. I was. Well, I was trying to figure like where, like why the smoke would fill up on that end. I don't know. It was badass. Wow. That's all I remember. But I was like super new to all that shit, so I had no idea. <laughs> wow. In the long bloody history of human stupidity, somebody had to have offed themselves by putting a sword in their mouth and running full board into a wall, right? Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> well, like, you've seen... Um, fuck, what was The Last Samurai, right? That's what Tom Cruise, isn't it? Nah, but I remember the trailers. So I, I kind of have some context to what you're talking about. What was the name of the? That's the name. Well, that was the name of it, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. That was. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I thought it was a really good movie back when he did it and stuff. And like, because he gets really deep into like the whole like J- Japanese like samurai culture and stuff. <laughs> if I said that right, I don't. No, think I said. no it, it just made me pop into my head that we we're. I was out climbing one time, and one of my friends was like growing his hair long, and he had it back in a ponytail. <laughs> and my one friend's like. You know, they're talking shit back and forth. He's like, I'm going to grab you by your stupid Tom Cruise ponytail and slam your head into the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, made me think of that movie. (laughs) No, but it was like super, it was, it was interesting if I'm a, I didn't, I haven't seen any documentaries on like samurai history or anything, but if they were accurate to, if it's accurately told in the movie, like some of that history is like really cool with how, Especially with the honor and like the way when the enemies would fight, when the, they would have a battle, when it came down to like the general or whoever it was, they'd allow them. I can't remember what the the word is, but it's a, them basically to allow themselves to like lay on their sword. Like oh, they, yeah, they'll dude. stop. They would stop battle and let the person like do it that way if they wanted to or something. I think it's called like seppuku or something like that. Yeah, that's. I think that sounds right. Well, yeah, because I remember reading some... I read a book called Shike a long time ago that took place in feudal Japan, and it had all sorts of that, you know, pretty... It, it feels foreign when you're reading it, 
like the honor that is so deep that they would kill themselves over. Yeah. But yeah, they would, they would have like a special blade that they would do it and they'd like put the blade in their stomach at like a certain angle. So at the back of the blade, like hooked on the end of their spine and then they'd drag it across to like cut their whole stomach open. Cause it's like the most powerful or the most fucking painful way to kill yourself. And so it's the way to show that yes, you're killing yourself, but you're not doing it in a cowardly way. Fuck. Right. Yeah. They, they don't like go, they don't go into that type of depth. I don't think in the movie <laughs> for that way. <laughs> I think it, it, I think it's more just definitely like the honor thing. Cause I remember in the movie, um, like basically Tom, Tom Cruise is, um, like saving the small like Japanese village or something. And by the end of it, he's like fought like a lot of different people. And he's just, he was just like completely outnumbered. And basically they were going to, they were able to kill him like on the actual battlefield. Um, but right before they were about to, um, I think the other general that's just watching from afar, I don't know if there was a signal or what was done, but basically like you were saying, like he had a separate sword and his, on his holster or whatever, um, on him and he'd made like the signal and let himself, they let like the other general stopped his soldiers and let him commit it on his own. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you're telling me Tom Cruise lives? No, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Them white, them white ninja samurai guys, they don't make it. You know, Keanu right. didn't make it to the end of uh 47 Ronin spoiler. I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> it has its moments. That that's just that culture is just super interesting, and that hist like how deep because like I mean our country is so young compared to the rest of the world, like yeah. some, how much history there is in some of these different areas of the world is insane. Yeah, I don't know if you'd be able to find it on audiobook anywhere, but if you can ever find Shike, I highly recommend it. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, it's it's split into two different parts. At least it was when I had it on paperback. I traded it to somebody for the first season. I know what was it. I think it was both seasons of Rome on DVD oh, <laughs> fucking nice. years and years ago. <laughs> <laughs> fucking barter. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, ever, it was a good trade. But now that yeah. it's like, you know, I, I really prefer digital media. So it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Did you um, ever watch the show? I think it was like Deadliest Assassin or something. Or what was it? World's Dangerous, Most Dangerous something and they would spike tv show yeah and they would like compare different like um people like different warriors and stuff from time periods against each other and like basically like the mob versus the kgb or uh, or the mob versus the um yakuza yeah i'm sure i caught a random episode before but not enough to i really remember much of it okay yeah they do some pretty interesting matches like i remember they do ninjas and something and they do like all these like different mathematical simulations and they have experts come in and actually, like, test the weapons of those time periods and shit on stuff to, like, measure out blunt force trauma and, like, how, how like, badly it would damage a, a person's body on on a battlefield and shit. Do you know what I had heard that the origin of ninjas was? Hmm, what? It was that in feudal Japan, samurai class were the only ones allowed to carry swords. Farmers were not allowed to have swords, and so they had to use them in defense in secret. And so ninja basically sprang from like the farmer class to protect against um you know bad samurai people that would, you know, come through and just take what they wanted by force. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean cuz I don't know, man. 
I'm not really talking about any of this stuff from a base of savant knowledge. <laughs> like, I'm like realizing, I'm like, you know, this is really going back to like fucking books you've read and stuff that are fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Just twist the fiction on me. And I don't yeah, give a fuck. yeah. So, so you know, if you find this interesting, you know, let that let that be the ember that lights your fucking bonfire of exploratory learning, and go look it up yourself. <laughs> right. Well, so, like you're talking about, like the ninja shit. Like I read those first two issues of that Ninja K. That shit's pretty fucking good. Oh yeah, dude. I um, and I read that on Jordan's recommendation. He was like, "Dude, you've got to jump on this Valent book, uh, Ninja K." And uh, dude, that so art is that fucking by? awesome. Christos Gage and uh, Tomas Giorello. Dude, Tomas Giorello did the first arc in um, Exo Manowar. Did he? Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember you talking about those books and them being like really nice, nice quality books. They, yeah, the Exo Manowar ones are great. So, uh, Ninja K, I picked this up in trade, so I don't know what you know the quality of the individual books are, but dude, Valiant puts a lot of time and thought into the presentation of their books, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. You know, it, it just it feels nice holding a book that's got like a, a heavier stock for the cover and everything. And um Va- Valiant's DC's right? Uh no, that's Vertigo. Vertigo, okay, that's right. So is Va- so Valiant's their own then, right? Yep. Okay. That's yep. right. It's just an independent like you know, like image or aftershock. Yeah. Um see Valiant was around in the nineties and then it kinda Valiant did, didn't Valiant do Nemesis or was that the Marvel imprint? That was the Marvel imprint. That was uh, Icon. That's right, Icon. Fuck, I always mix those up. Because <laughs> I think uh, I think Menorath is an Icon book too. Uh, I think you're right. I have a whole nightmare right here. But yeah, dude, Ninja K, man, I. Jordan was telling me it was good, and I was just like, all right, I'm gonna wait for the trade. And my comic shop, you know, that you can either pick up the whole previews catalog and go through that and fill out the whole order form, or she's got like a cheat sheet off to the side that's just kind of got, you know, like the hot numbers in it. And under independent publishers, I saw that the the volume one trade in Ninja K was coming out and it was only going to be nine ninety nine. And so I was like, oh fuck yeah, I'll pay retail for that. I want to read it. Yeah. You know, especially with this artist, because I think dude, I, his I art's think, great. I know. I love it. And I think he was only on the first three issues of um, of Exo Manowar, and I fucking loved it. And so when I saw that he was the artist on this, I was like, oh, I, I have to own this in, in print. You know, I've got to buy this. Yeah. And I, I'm not through the volume on trade yet. I'm, I'm only like one or two issues in. And and after watching Infinity War last weekend, I've just been reading Infinity Gauntlet and Marvel stuff ever since. And so it's kind of fallen on the back burner for me. But I loved the way it started. Yeah. That it's basically it's like a branch of of British special intelligence that was in World War Two. Was it or no? It was in World War One, right? Yeah, they were in World War One, Cold War. I think it started back in like the early 1900s or something. Yeah, yeah. Ninja A came over from Japan and then trained somebody, and then that person trained in the, and so then that was Ninja B, and then he trained Ninja C. And then they actually brought over like a sensei or something like that that then trained a whole bunch of motherfuckers. And now years later, we're on Ninja K. Yeah. And, you know, each time they build off the skills and, 
you know all the new ga- technology. Like, yeah, he's got all these cool Batman type gadgets and shit that he uses also. And he's a fucking ninja. He's <laughs> <laughs> he awesome, motherfuckers. <laughs> right? It's fucking stealth mode, but he has all these badass like those little like balls that he throws out there, actual like cameras or whatever. Yeah, aren't they? That's something pretty fucking like that. cool. Yeah, like the little like mini drone cameras or something, and they're actually like used as a distraction at first. And yeah, then, yeah, that's right. The one dude had the the claw, like those claws that could dig into that missile, so he could hold on to it during launch. Yeah, and it's it's kind of cool that like when he's at the base, he's like talking to that old guy, and you come to find out that he was like you know Ninja H or something like that. Yeah. It's, oh wow, what a fucking cool book. <laughs> it is. I've, yeah, I've only read the first. I read the first two issues just a little bit ago of it. Sweet. Is it ongoing or is it just going to be a mini series? No, it's ongoing. Oh, sweet! It's up to like. Well, yeah, because when I was looking, I saw that. Yeah, when I was looking, I saw that there's six in this one, I think, and then there was older series, like 2015 was when I think it first started or something. Yeah, and that one goes up like 20 issues or something like that, 20 plus maybe. Okay. And I think that one was written by Matt Kent, who's the guy that's now writing Exo Manowar. And yeah. um, yep, he's also right. writing I read Eternity. The synopsis. Oh, okay. I haven't read Eternity, I don't think. I, I haven't read it yet either, but Jordan said it was really good. And I uh, I tend to believe him when he tells me stuff is good. Yeah. Yeah, he, <laughs> he kind of reads everything, so he usually knows what's good and what's, what sucks. I don't, know if he got, I don't know if he got through Prism Stalker. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, fuck. We can need to ask him if he read that. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. I have a feeling that we probably asked him about it. I just don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to hear about this like hypothetical crazy shit that might be happening <laughs> at someone's work? <laughs> yes. Hypo- lay, lay this hypothetical fucking situation on me. <laughs> okay. So like a few months ago, um, one of these people I work with like was... I remember, like my like the person told us, kind of like they may be like leaving early some days, like they're kind of dealing with some stuff, and then like one day, I noticed that she was going like to lunch a few times a week um, with one of the other workers, and I thought it was kind of odd at first, and then like one day she was over by my desk, and I noticed her ring ring finger, and there was nothing on it anymore. And like a few months earlier, there was something she did have a ring on. So I was like, okay, so she must have been going through a divorce. Got it. And then, like, all of a sudden, like they would start talking a little bit, like more, and like they would be going over to each other's desk more often. And I heard another person say that, like, they know, like she made him food and shit. And <laughs> like, so this last fucking week, she's been driving his other car to work. Oh, every day. And like, I told my buddy he used to work there and he's like, dude, he's like, you're over. Like I texted him like the first day I saw, I was like, dude, she drove his car <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he wasn't in it. At first I thought they were both in it and he, they came in at separate times to try to make it obvious. And that wasn't the case. They just drove different cars. And I was like, dude, she drove his car. Like I told you they're, they're sleeping together. He's like, dude, no, you. She probably just need a. She needed to like her car was in the shop or something. She needed to borrow his. 
I was like, but they live like 30 minutes apart. That makes no <laughs> sense that she would borrow his car. Like you could ask any of your friends that live over near you. That makes no sense. And then, <laughs> and then like, it's been like a week now and, I, and she has like a, a somewhat newer Honda and we have a fucking Honda plant in like Columbus. So there's no fucking way she's been waiting like a week for parts on a car. <laughs> that's why I texted him this morning. He's like, "Yeah, that's true." <laughs> and like the, the the fact of the matter is, like, I think like they're trying to like be like sly about it. Like they think like they're hiding it. And because I remember I came up to him one day, I'd like to ask him a question at his desk, and he had two full cup like styrofoam cups of coffee that he had just made, and he has a big ass Yeti cup. And I asked him, I was like, "Oh, you're just gonna pour those both into your Yeti cup?" Um, and he was like, "Nope, I, just, I want I want two full ones." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you sure you're gonna double fist coffee?" He said, like, "Yep." I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, "The fuck is it? obviously he made her coffee." <laughs> this isn't for somebody else, <laughs> right? Like, like why the fuck are you trying to lie about this? Like, it's not like it's not uh, like that big of a deal. But I mean, the thing is too is like he's uh, higher up than her. Like she's a subordinate, I guess, to him. Oh no. Yeah, and so like of course they would have to disclose that to HR. But what's crazy is like she started like working for like another person in our department, like under them. Like she, so now she reports to them instead of like him. And I like I almost think that it was like partially partially done strictly for that reason. Like these other like there's other higher ups in our department that know about it, and they're kind of trying to keep it quiet too. Oh, it's a conspiracy. Right. I feel like it is. <laughs> I fucking feel like it is for sure. And I was like getting super pissed off. So last, I think it was last Friday. Um, like, I, I mean, I get my fucking work done. I'm never one that holds up like our clothes process. Like all my shit's always done on time or early. And like everyone in our department is like on, like we'll do, like look at their phones or reply to text messages here and there and stuff at their desk. And he decided to send an email out to like nine of us with the snippet from the, like the, like the handbook, the employee handbook or something about f- cell phone usage or something. Uh-huh. And then like s- he typed something saying like, if, if this becomes more of a distraction to, to others and stuff, we're, we may have to like, cause everyone listens to music and stuff on their, on their phones and their headphones. Uh-huh. And he's like, he's saying like, we, I know we all like to listen to music and stuff. But if the phones start becoming more of a distraction uh, from work or something like that, then we may have to cut it back or to turn on it all or something. And there's like only like nine of us. And there's other people that are in the fucking department that are on their phones that he didn't message. And he didn't message the chick that he's seeing. And she's on her phone too. And you should, you I was should find the snippet out of the fucking handbook that says yep, about diddling gonna, coworkers and send that out. <laughs> that's what I was gonna fucking do, dude. I wanted to fucking respond to it with the snippet about like disclosing relationships to HR and then CC <laughs> her on it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right? That's I what you do the morning savage. after you win the lottery. I wanted to be that savage, <laughs> like fuck you. <laughs> but like I'm like super like short with her shit now at work. Like, and like, I know they're fucking sleeping there. She's like fucking super chippy on a Monday morning. Like, hey, how was your weekend? Like, I got like, some was great. Like, like, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, fuck, that's exactly what's happening. She's like super fucking happy all the time. It's like, yep. <laughs> like, like, this is pretty fucking obvious. <laughs> like, I can't be the only, like, and I know I'm not the only person in the department that knows this because my buddy's girlfriend still works there. And like, 
he was telling me that she's told him about that stuff too. Like she's seen things I haven't seen and vice versa. So then like me and her will like whisper around like in the break room about it and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, great. That's funny. But, but like, yeah, I mean, you you'd think that if something were to happen though, the the guy the guy should be the one getting in trouble there because like he's higher up in the company. Right. You know, it's like I don't know. That that shit's fucked up. I mean, right. it, it's it is it's obvious that cuz like I feel like it's pretty cuz like basically they mo- like she's still doing all the stuff she was doing um like under our section of the department. But she's also going to be doing like backup work for one of the other people in the other departments. But they moved her under the like the high like the manager person in that like division. Mm-hmm. So that way she reports to her. So I feel like even though she, like I feel like it's it was had to be like a mix like of both of it. Like they're kind of like I I feel like he went to like the. The like the higher up in our like the our CAO in our department was like yo I got the situation, and that was like their solution too because all they did they also the manager of the like the ones the one department with or the the one department with an accounting got promoted to a director but she does the exact same thing, <laughs> and there's no there's only one other person under her any, anyways, and they didn't change so it was obvious they just wanted to like. They probably like wanted to get her on board too, so they like, hey, we'll change your title, maybe give you a little bump of salary. Like, dude, it goes I think, deeper, right? I feel like there's a super conspiracy, <laughs> hypothetically and shit. Though, like this is the story that I come up with in my head. <laughs> this isn't real or anything, <laughs> but it's crazy. Like I know, like something's going on. Like I'm not fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it made me think of that Fight Club scene where he beats himself up in the office. <laughs> And he uses it to blackmail the guy. Oh yeah, like, yeah, he's like, I don't even have to come into work for this. <laughs> I wanted to go all fucking like wanted and shit. Like when he gets the keyboard. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, but then there's also this other the person that sits next to me. She got a divorce, but yet she's still wearing the wedding ring. I don't get it, and she's dating some other dude. But she's still wearing the ring. On the ring finger. Yeah, oh, that's weird. Right? Like wow, she she's sw- dating another dude? Yeah, like she she didn't ever took it off, but she had like already been like separated, divorced for from her husband and was like, going through that process, but had already started like kind of dating someone else. But she always left it on and even though it's been official now like a couple months, she still has it on. And she didn't switch like to the right hand or anything, it's still on the left finger. And she and it's not like it was like she fucked up. I feel like she makes it sound like he was a piece of shit that couldn't keep a job or something. Wow, so I, I guess people are people in relationships that people have with each other are complex, weird, fucking things. Yeah, because I would think you would at least, if anything, you're going to at least put it to the the right hand if you want to keep it on. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like really guessing at somebody's motives there. I mean, it's like more unless weird. unless she bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like creeper defense. Could be, but she's already dating some dude. Uh, but I guess you could. I, I'm sure women have, a, have put ring fingers on their left hand before going out to like bars and shit. Oh yeah. But this is work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like walking through a parking lot or something, like like seeing somebody coming towards you. you know, like, oh fuck! And you just pull out your phone. And you're like, eh, I'm talking on my phone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know. I got next to you. <laughs> 
<laughs> whenever you see like a homeless person like at the corner at a stoplight, I always try to avoid eye contact. <laughs> like don't make eye contact, they won't come up. <laughs> <laughs> when I used to have to like go around to different places with uh, a scanner, if I'd be like walking pat, like coming up on somebody that's like, oh geez, I really don't want to have to talk with this person. Yeah. <laughs> the scanner's off, but I'm staring at an off screen and pushing buttons on it. As I walk <laughs> Like, are they gone? Are they gone? Okay. Whew. <laughs> it's like, God, that person's a fuck. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. All the, I don't know if they got, a, if it got past a billion yet. I guess we'll find out after today, but fucking infinity war. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it's for sure. They said that it's going to be everything. the, yeah, it's going to be the fastest movie to ever hit that mark. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I fucking loved it. <sighs> my theater experience was not good. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like I've listened to the reviews cause I saw that like me and my buddy, we went at the 1030 showing in IMAX 3d and like we got lucky as fuck. Cause when we had, we'd got our tickets like right after ready player one came out. So infinity war tickets had already been on sale for like two or three weeks. So we figured that there wasn't going to be anything good or available on opening night, but we checked and they had, they had ones like dead center in the fucking second to back row at the 10:30 show. So we're like, yep, we'll take those. And so we got to our seats and shit. We're ready to go. There's two seats to my right and no one sat in them basically the whole time. Like at the whole stadium, the whole theater's filling up. There's not really many seats left and these two are still open next to me. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I guess I got lucky somehow someone didn't buy these tickets and like the, fr- the credit or the previews come through. Uh, then like the movie starts up and maybe like the first five to 10 minutes of the movie have gone on at this point and the two show up. So of course they fucking walk across all, all of us in front. And then right when she sits, the, both her, both girls sit down, the one girl's phone rings. What then, the fuck? Right then, the fucking person next to me, she pulled her, she pulled her phone out and checked it probably at least six times throughout the movie, and it wasn't like just like a quick glance. It was like she had it fucking open, like she was responding to texts and shit. Wow, with like the brightness up all the way. Yeah, and fuck, I'm seeing this out of the corner of my eye. So every (sighs) fucking time I see this, it's like taking me out of the fucking movie, and so then I'm just like in a shitty mood. So then all like the funny jokes like weren't funny to me like oh, i was just no. like, a bad, like not as like not as funny like some of them like i was getting pissed off when people were fucking bursting out laughing at jokes we had seen in the trailers i was like <laughs> i was like dude i was like god damn this is a fucking giggle at most like we've seen this shit already it's not fun, that minded motherfuckers <laughs> right like it's not that like it was awesome every time like someone would come on st- on screen like when cap or when iron man or thor came on screen like everyone clapped and shit which was really cool or cheered like especially when we got fucking Thor with Stormbreaker at Wakanda. Once that happened, fucking the theater erupted. It was crazy. Yeah, dude, and, that fucking scene was amazing. Yeah, it was. He fucking just goes straight down. Like everyone's fucking done. Like <laughs> goddamn. Like I didn't really, like I knew Thor was fucking a god, but damn, I forgot how much like actual power he had in the fight. Yeah. Oh, and, and if you haven't figured it out yet, or from reading the show notes, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> For Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. No, but then, like, I mean, but so, like, I, 
those like parts were cool and stuff. So like I was getting into the movie at times and of course I'd see the phone and fucking take me out of it. And I wasn't going to be a, like I could have been a fucking, if I was an asshole, I would have been a real asshole, but I didn't want to ruin the fucking movie for everybody else. So I just kind of fucking stuck to myself and didn't say anything. <laughs> just take her phone out of her hand and I open the lid and, from her drink and just put it in there and put I the lid back I on. I just grab the phone and just chuck it against the wall. Like I was getting to that point. And I, I think my idea is better. <laughs> so, so then, no. So then, at the very end of the movie, when fucking Thanos snaps his fingers and everyone's disappearing, like I fucking felt like a heartless bastard. Like I did not give two fucks about any of it. <laughs> that like, was the people, scene you laughed at. <laughs> people were fucking disappearing. I'm like, this is stupid. Why are they fucking making them disappear? They're all gonna come back in the next movie anyways. Like these deaths are fucking stupid. Like that's exactly how I felt, dude. I was stupid, fucking pissed. I was, I was in that bad of a mood. That's what it did to me. Like fucking Spider Man. Like people are like, people gotta be fucking retard, stupid, very fucking stupid <laughs> to fucking think that they're gonna fucking kill off Black Panther and Spider Man. Oh, like, I know, like, right? People are like, how can you get upset? I can understand a kid getting upset because they don't understand that shit yet. But like fucking adults and shit, like, come on. Like, we know they're coming back. Like, Spider-Man just had a movie. Like, yeah. It already guaranteed a sequel. Same with Black Panther. They're not just going to kill off their fucking billion dollar superhero in the one after yeah. one movie. <laughs> I mean, it'd be, it'd be fucking ballsy as shit if they actually did it. And they were planning it the whole way through. But... Money's money, and and those are fucking corporations that are trying to make billions of dollars, and these movies do that. So, like, I know, like, the the only deaths I feel like that could be real are all the ones up to Gamora. Yeah, like, I I think Gamora won't. I don't think she's like one of the more popular Guardians. They're gonna keep her for the the following, like, the continuing Guardians movies. Oh yeah, I don't think they would want to kill her off unless I don't think they'd want to kill her unless it was within a Guardians movie. Yeah, I know. And so, the people who are like all confused by it, it's like, you know, hey, comics 101, you know, yeah. characters like, you know, with the exception of Uncle Ben, you know, don't tend to stay <laughs> dead. <Yeah. laughs> well, that's like what's cool with like, that's why I feel like I liked Logan so much is that it was already confirmed before this movie was done that this was going to be both Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart's last times as these characters and so you knew if they killed him in the movie, like we we had heard the theories that at least Hugh Jackman was getting killed. The fact that they both get killed on screen in the movie, you know that they aren't coming back. Yeah. So like that actually like means a lot. So I and so like when you throw him, like when you throw me in that shitty ass mood that I'm in at that point, and then just all that shit happens. I'm like, <laughs> whatever, like cool. <laughs> Like let's like let's see, let these people feel like they're like confused or something. Like I don't care. <laughs> Have you gone and seen it again? Not yet. I'm, but that's the thing I'm going to do is like I can't give like I know the movie's really good and it was two and a half hours, almost two what two almost two forty, and like it went super fast. Like I want to see it again, but I want to like, give it a couple weeks so the crowds kind of die down maybe a little. Oh, there you and go. Then, and then hopefully like see an early showing so there's not as many people so I can just kind of experience the movie this time and not have people around me ruining it. And then that way I'll be in a better fucking mindset throughout the movie and I probably will laugh at some of those jokes more. Because like as I'm hearing like the reviews and stuff and people talking about them on the podcast, like I laugh at that because I'm like, oh yeah, I do remember that. And like when I'm in now that I'm in that better mood when I think about it, it's it's funnier. But at the time <laughs> I, I was 
it wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's too bad, dude. <laughs> but it was still sweet getting to see like everyone on open, like see the theater packed on opening night and getting that like the crowd experience where everyone's like cheering when you see people on screen. Yeah, I had a good audience in mind too. The guy next to me was very excitable, and <laughs> and when he came in, like throughout the whole credits, this guy like did not know how to operate. Like we had the dream loungers in our in our theater, <laughs> and the guy did not know how to like he sat down and like his leg was touching the button and he didn't realize it, and so it just went all the way back to the laying position and so then I'm like watching I'm watching the trailers and watching this dude out of the corner of my eye as he's like fucking with the seat, and like so finally he just kind of like wiggles out of the thing and does this weird kind of limbo thing <laughs> and shimmies like away from the footrest and everything, and then disappears and I'm like. At first, I'm just like, that. I didn't know he was having problems with his chair. And I was like, that is the weirdest fucking way I've ever seen someone get out of a chair and walk away. Why wouldn't you put the fucking footrest down and step away from it like an adult instead of like sliding off it like my fucking seven-year-old would? And And then he comes back with a fucking usher. And then this guy's like fucking doing body slams on this fucking footrest and shit to get it to go down. And then he pushes the button and it moves a little bit. It pushes the button again and it moves more. And so the guy just kind of sits in it, puts it all the way up, all the way back again, all the way up. <laughs> and then he stands up and he goes to the guy, you got to push the button, man. <laughs> the guy's like, wow. I've never sat in one of these before. I'm, I didn't know. I didn't know how it worked. Dude, as you're describing this to me, all I'm thinking is like the whole fucking scene from Austin Powers when Dr. Evil's chair malfunctions. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's like, can't stop sick as a dog. <laughs> I can only imagine you seeing like that shit happen in a movie theater. Like I can't imagine seeing someone that much difficulty with their chair. <laughs> well, then he sits down and he's like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like us bigger guys got to be really careful how we sit in these seats. I said, I always have to kind of, like slide all the way over to one side and i even have to make sure like my car keys and my phone aren't in that pocket because it will hit that button because like for whatever fucking reason they put the button on the inside of the seat like i don't know what idiot fucking designed this i can only assume that it's a very very slender person (laughs) but it's like dude do you live in the same america as the rest of us (laughs) they probably built it on the inside so that way people can fuck with other seats in the theater <laughs> Otherwise, you have all these little kids that be fucking messing with each other during the movie, and then you get like fights breaking out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I figured out that my uh, my seat had fucking heated seats, also. Because I'm sitting there, like, Jesus, Why is my you're like in the fucking fire. You're like the Cadillac of fucking movie theaters over there. Shit. Uh, it well, it was a Galaxy Theater, and it got bought by Marcus Theaters, and so Marcus is theater has been like doing all these renovations on it and so they took all the regular seats out and every single auditorium now has dream loungers and when i went in like all the hallways and everything was under construction like it was like a fucking mess but i'd imagine when they get done it's gonna look really really good yeah yeah we had a senate we had a we had like a dollar theater that got renovated into a cinemark um dream lounger one right by me and then they um our one AMC has the the recliners, and then we have a Marcus too. But I've I didn't been up to that one in a while, so I wonder if they're doing all the same renovations. Yeah, they could. I don't know because like all the shit at the beginning of the theater is like the CEO of Marcus Theaters. Like on one of the commercials, he was talking about the Dream Lounger chairs and how they're going to do them in every auditorium. And 
And so it's like, I don't know if they just made that specific for this one that they're renovating or if they're doing that nationwide. If they're doing it nationwide, it's like, oh, who fucking did old man Marcus die and leave you guys like a hidden fucking fortune? <laughs> right. <laughs> it just can't be cheap to put these fancy fucking leather chairs in every fucking theater. They're probably hoping that by doing that, they're banking on all these fucking Marvel movies selling out and shit so they can entice people to come to their theaters. Dude, I swear every auditorium I walked past was playing Infinity War. Yeah, dude. It had to have been on... I didn't check to see how many different screens there's on opening night, but I would imagine... I want to say there's maybe like 16 or 20 screens at the one theater that I go to. I would guess they had to have been at least on... 10 of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'd easily, I'd, that's about the size this one is, too. Because I know the... I, well, I was in Auditorium 13, anyway. But, man, I just yeah. had the thought that if they're doing all these renovations, I hope they put uh, IMAX in there. Yeah. Because I've, I've still yet to see an IMAX movie because I'd have to drive, like, two hours, over two hours to go see one. And it's like, no. Where, where, where's, where's your closest one? The Quad Cities. Oh, uh, okay. That's a fucking haul, and I am not driving to the fucking Quad Cities. Yeah, yeah, we have. <laughs> For multiple reasons, I don't want to go to the Quad Cities. Well, like, I remember, like, Jordan saying, like, IMAX used to be, like, legit IMAX was basically just, like, the ones you would see at, like, history museums and shit where you would watch those documentaries and stuff, like, the massive ones. Yeah, yeah, Cedar like, Rapids had one a long time ago, and it was in the science station. Yeah, but then they change, probably changed what could be considered IMAX size screens because I've definitely been on different size IMAX screens, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, oh, go ahead. When I saw Last Jedi, that was on like a le, the legit 70 millimeter IMAX screen, which was fucking sweet. Cool. But, yeah, I'd like to see something like that. I saw Infinity War in just regular 3D. Yeah, yeah. I saw it 3D definitely. Yeah, 3, like, 3D is definitely the way to go, I think, for that one, especially IMAX if you can do it. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, this was uh, this was the first time I went and seen a movie in 3D where I wasn't wearing contacts, so I had to put the glasses over my glasses. And dude, the fucking 3D ones then the way that they were fitting me, it was like they were touching the bridge of my nose, and it was like making me go like fucking schizo. <laughs> I was like sitting there, I'm like I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't like it. <laughs> and then eventually, by the time we got like five ten minutes into the movie. Like it, I quit noticing it, and then I was able to like just focus on the movie. But at first, I was like, "This might be a fucking fiasco." Yeah. But then, um, yeah, some people suggested online that you can get clip-on ones for for regular glasses. Oh, nice. You know, or I could just quit being so fucking lazy and go to the optometrist and get new glass or new contacts. That but, too. But I don't know. <laughs> since I started working in an office and I stare at a computer screen all day, I can't wear contacts doing it. Oh, yeah, dude, my fucking eyes. I don't have glasses or anything, but, yeah, staring at my computer screens all day fucking sucks sometimes. I have to, like, luckily I have, like, a window desk, so I, I, can, I always, like, fucking just stare out into the parking lot at times just because I need to look away from the screen. Oh, nice. I have my own office, but and it has a window, but it's a window that goes out into the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, after I took over the office, I bought some... some uh, decorative film that almost looks like little glass tiles and so i i put this decorative film up over the window so you can't see through it it lets light through but i didn't like the idea of fucking working and having someone staring at the back of my head (laughs) not that somebody would do that but you know this way i don't have to worry about it one more irrational thought taken care of 
right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny is that the guys from the warehouse, if they have a question, they'll come up and just open my window, and it's like talking to somebody through a drive-through window because <laughs> it just slides over to the side. Know, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, a long time ago, it used to be the uh, or not that long ago, really, but um. But before it was my office, it was a warehouse manager's office. So there's like a little hook on the window. So guys can just walk up to it and just slide it open really easily. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't mind getting visitors. It's fun to have people come ask me questions right. occasionally. <laughs> like, hey, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, turn around from my never-ending pile of work. I'm like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> so what'd you, what was probably one of your favorite parts of the movie? Wow, that's it's hard to pin down just one favorite part for sure. But yeah. Man, I really really liked I liked the amount of comedy that was in this movie. I feel like overall this was probably the funniest of the MCU movies, and it's ironic that it is also the one with the gravest amount of consequences and also the one that's like really the most real. You know, I mean just not real like oh this could happen, but real just like holy <laughs> fucking shit, you know. Yeah. Like like they're not really pulling any punches with this. You know? Yeah, in, in, I, I really liked it. When yeah. I think about like the actual like scenes, like some of the fight scenes and stuff, there's some really sweet shit that happened. Oh yeah, dude. When when Thor shows up, that was one of my favorite parts when when you just see the Bifrost just come into that final battle scene. And but most of them they're just like little things that I love. Little interactions between the characters. And those were some of the things that leading up to this, I was looking forward to the most. Um, you know, when Captain America sees Groot for the first time, he's like, I am Groot. He's just like deadpan, like, I am Steve Rogers. Like, it's <laughs> fucking awesome. Like, my whole theater fucking laughed. You know, the guy who couldn't yeah, run, his, run his chair right was like, he laughed so loud at everything. <laughs> so the guy was so entertaining throughout the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was a movie within itself. <laughs> yeah, no shit. He was like, yeah! <laughs> You're into it, bro. Oh, <laughs> uh, what were what were some of your favorite parts? Yeah, definitely the Thor scene. Um, it was pretty fucking awesome during the fight, getting to see uh, Bucky swing rocket around. Yeah, when they're both yeah. shooting. That was pretty cool. Um, trying to think of those other trying to think of the other big fight scenes. It was pretty cool getting to see Thanos fight Hulk, like just seeing oh, like right how at the fucking beginning str- of the movie too. Yeah, just like seeing how fucking like right away they're showing you, okay, Thanos is a fucking beast. This dude just kicked the fuck out of Thor or of Hulk and killed Loki, so he's not here to fuck around. Like he, they right from the beginning. I just loved how they did such a good job of telling his story. I was glad that they gave us a lot of him, like instead of just because, like, I mean, I did, since I was new to comics when I saw Avengers. I had no fucking clue who that was at the very end of the movie when they showed him. I thought it was like, I knew there was different colored hulks and I thought for some reason that was just one of those different colored hulks and I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know who Thanos was the first time I saw the Avengers either. Yeah. And then once I heard about like how big, like big of a deal Thanos was, then I kind of understood. That's when I figured out about what, like the infinity gauntlet and stuff. Yeah. Dude, there was so much amazing shit in that final battle scene in Wakanda. Yeah. I loved the way it, when they opened up that that part of the the security dome and then they go racing forward and then T'Challa 
is way out in the in the lead and then cap catches up with him and then they both like hit the enemy you know first like fuck yeah they're just like leaves and bounds faster than everybody else it's awesome yeah yeah <laughs> and what's cool too is because you know they they got their their powers in very different ways but it's it's also somewhat similar it's it's almost like was that compound that dr erskine made the super soldier serum is it almost like a synthetic to that you know that 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 flower that T'Challa uses was it the purple herb or something like that? Yeah, the purple, the heart shader, heart shaped herb. There you go. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wouldn't. That that would make sense. I mean, I don't. I haven't read like I don't have enough back knowledge with the comics to know if that's maybe one of the stories to it. Yeah, but that would make sense because yeah, you're right. They do have very similar. The only thing that's different really is the fact that like I mean they made they turned like a scrawny. Like just like in the comics, like they turn a scrawny person into like being muscular, and doesn't seem that necessarily that the Black Panther does that. No, the Black Panther one definitely doesn't do that. So maybe that's something that they added to their their serum. Yeah, but but also, I mean, Bucky got like a knockoff super soldier serum, but it didn't make him bigger. But also, and and I don't know how much this goes to the comics. Like I know much more about Marvel just in terms of the MCU. Yeah, and so you know, in, in a way, it's easy to talk about the MCU stuff because it's like that's what I know more about, you know, just because I've seen so many of the movies so many times. But in the in the first Avenger, they put him in that weird uh, capsule thing that says that they're going to be like um, bombarding him with Vita rays to stimulate muscle growth. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, well, I wonder if maybe they were. Do- yeah, they were just because he was so tiny, and but he was like the best candidate because of his actual like moral compass and stuff yeah um that that's why they used that because they needed him to get bigger whereas maybe if someone that was already in shape and built they would have just used the serum itself so maybe the serum doesn't necessarily have the muscle building factor factor too because i remember that well i know like in the movie they say like it, it makes his metabolism like through the roof and his recovery factor, like really fast, like really high. So that way, like he can, like when he drinks alcohol, it does nothing to him. Yeah. Yeah. Cause his body just burns it off so quick. Yeah. That was one of the coolest moments in the MCU when they open that thing up and he comes out and he's just fucking giant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that was partially, partially like, I know clearly, but they partially had just like even CG, they CGI'd the, him when he was skinny yeah. to make it even more dramatic. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, he definitely was. They didn't definitely like make him that crazy skinny. That'd be nuts. <laughs> yeah, he went that's all like, like Christian Bale in the machinist. Right? That's what I was gonna say. I was like all that fucking Christian Bale shit, and then he goes and does like fucking Batman, like six months later. <laughs> yeah, but... it's called steroids. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he had to have been pleasant to be around during that, right? right. <laughs> well, like Matthew McConaughey did some for um that one movie where he plays like the. Is it Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah. Yeah, like he he was on like a fucking straight liquid diet or something for like a lot of it to get as skinny as he got. Yeah. Hey, you're always on kind of some of the cutting edge of this stuff. Have you heard much about long-term fasting? Long-term as in how many hours? Like crazy long. Like, like people fasting for like a week or longer. Fuck. Uh, I know, right? My wife was watching this thing on... 
I've heard about I like ever inter- since I, we I got know about like intermittent fasting and stuff where people yeah where it's like sixteen to eighteen hours or something like that yeah and then like the last six to eight hours of the day you'll eat all the calories you're supposed to people will do stuff that way or they'll just do like I know there's some people that will do like a little bit longer of the intermittent fasting where they may go like a day or something or just eat one really big meal at night after like a twenty two hour fast or something like that yeah but I mean have you have you heard about people doing ones that are like over a week no I'd, i know i'd never heard i didn't I thought, even know thought it, was it was all that I'd, fucking possible <laughs> well no it was, yeah because what is it you you have if you after seven days if you don't have water you would die and i think it's after like two well i'm pretty sure you can drink all the water you want right here that's what i'm saying I was, that's why i was thinking i was like one week of without food you're fine i was thinking it was like is it two or three weeks that you can go without food before you would die like nutrients at all god it's got to be something like that but Cause like, like I, cause I'll like I know, to... like I know my buddy's done this, like done cleanses and stuff before where he'll like, you don't eat any food, but it's like you drink like a gallon of like, it's like water or it's like salt water with cayenne pepper and like lemon juice or something in it. Ugh. Yeah. Like you just drink that for as like many days in a row as you can. And it's supposed to help like cleanse your body or something like that. It works for him, but it sounds fucking horrible. But I guess like the mixture of whatever you put in there is like able that's why you're like it has everything your body needs to function properly or something without the wow. calories or anything yeah it's weird i don't get it <laughs> well since we got a fire stick on our tv i can't keep track of where we watching things anymore like if it's on something that's on amazon or if it's on netflix or something but my wife was watching this documentary that had these people that were doing these really long-term fasts and what was wild too is they were talking about people going through chemotherapy doing it and that when they did the fasting with the chemotherapy, they weren't having any of the negative side effects of the chemo. Yeah, like well, that's all. And stuff like that. That's also true with keto when you do a keto diet, because when I mean, when you think about when you're fasting, you're not your body's starting is going to start using fats as your uh, the fats on your in your body for energy at that point because it's not getting any carbs or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I remember there's I've seen that there's been like a correlation when you have. When your body's when a cancer patient is in, um, like doctors would put cancer patients on keto diets because it slows the the growth or it st- stalls the growth of cancer because it has something to do with the what the cancer cells multiply off of. When you're in a keto diet, it produces little of something that would cause that to want to like keep reproducing or something. So that's why they do it. I haven't read enough on it to really understand it completely, but I know that they ha- there's been a lot of keto. So that would make sense that those long-term fasts, because basically just sometimes people will fast for a few days to help put their slow, like jumpstart their body to get into ketosis. And then they'll just start eating, eating like a keto style diet. But when you extend it out that long, it's you're, by that point, you're probably going to already put your body in ketosis, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I, the only way I'd be able to do like a multi-day fast is if, like, ironically, I would have to stay very busy the whole time. Yeah, I can you fast know. usually if I want to. Um, I can go close to a day if I really wanted to. Like, I would. There's been times where I've like had a big like cheat meal on a Sunday night and then not ate again until oh, like Monday after work. 
So oh. it'd be like I ate at like eight or nine the night before, and I'm not eating again until eight, seven, something like that the following day. Wow! So it really was like a 24 hour fast. Yeah, well, because it's it, well, when you think about it, it's easy at the beginning because I mean, part of it you're sleeping it off, like you're sleeping. Yeah. So then, like, I'm only awake really for like another ten of those hours. So. I'll drink coffee and like I'll have like water and I'll chew gum and stuff at work, but I don't do that often. Like that's like every once in a while. I usually have like five to six meals a day. So <laughs> yeah, <'cause> you usually <laughs> have the smaller meals, right? Yeah, just to kind of like, keep your metabolism burning. Yeah, I just have like everything like prepped out and stuff. So I usually have like six set meals that I eat every day, but most of the time I'll eat like four of them at like three three of them at work so like my day actually helps it actually helps my day go by quicker because then i like i break up my day into like two and a half hour segments of when i get to eat again (laughs) (laughs) nice it's like all right just keep staying at the clock another two hours here we go (laughs) (laughs) a lot of days i push off my lunch and i don't end up eating until close to two o'clock and it's like if i skip breakfast then i guess that is a little bit of a fast, but I mean, not really. Cause I still get nutrients in my coffee in the morning because I mix chocolate milk in with my coffee. Oh, nice. Like, like not a lot, like, maybe <laughs> like an eighth of a cup or something like that. It's know? really chocolate milk with a splash of coffee. <laughs> no, no, it is way mostly coffee. <laughs> Throw some syrup that, in there. <laughs> well, number one, I don't want it to make the temperature of my coffee too cold. So I can't put very much chocolate milk in. Yeah. And, um, Oh, recently I've been using this uh, Yeti knockoff co- uh, cup a lot more, and fuck, that coffee stays hot for a long time. Yeah, there's like a fucking sweet spot with the temperature of coffee. It's like right when you brew it, you got to give it about five to seven minutes, and then you can start sipping on it, and then you got like another good 10 to 15 yeah, and then it, it and then it's a cup you got it in. Yeah, if you have like, well, I have like a, usually I have like a 20 ounce mug. And that's usually like it doesn't have a top or anything, so that's usually a what I have to do. Twenty ounce mug. <laughs> <laughs> I usually it, I usually fill it up to like sixteen or so. So it's like having two cups of coffee. Uh, no, nah, yeah. I don't fuck around with my coffee. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I always do. It's like I'll make it right when I like get to work, and then I'll kind of like just let it sit there for like five six minutes, and then I'll take a sip to to, to judge. And then I know I got like 20 minutes once I can start sipping and it's glorious. Yeah. When, when I had uh, Dave Feynman on with, uh, or from smugglers coffee and he was talking about that barrel aged, um, beans. Dude, that sounded so good. Dude, he sent me some of that rum sanity and it was, I mean, it smells so good just opening up and smelling the beans, but dude, that was a good cup of coffee. Is like it a, was, do you get like a hint of the rum and when and like the aftertaste, or is there really even any like powerful rum taste to it? It's I wouldn't call it like a powerful rum taste to it, but it does have that that to it. I mean, it's is it was good. I highly recommend anybody to try it. Nice. Um, I know I know he's got a he's got a website. Of course, yeah, I don't, I don't have it memorized, but <laughs> if you go to my if you go to the uh, Startcast website, I think it's Zencast dot com slash start cast um something like that go to my facebook page you can get to it and go to the show notes for that uh for dave Feynman's episode and you can get to his or just look up smuggler's coffee on facebook <laughs> yeah uh, i'm <laughs> definitely gonna be a be lot able, easier i'm definitely gonna be ordering some coffee from him because all those like the, the whole process of it sounded interesting and I've, i remember i've seen like him post a lot of stuff with his instagram and everything with it 
and it, they all look good. So it's like, I fucking love coffee. Oh, why would I try this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I didn't make just regular. I used it and made a like a triple shot of espresso with it. Nice. Oh, it was fucking good. <laughs> just poured love, all three love. shots into a coffee mug and just drank it black. Yeah, I love black coffee. Uh, it's definitely yeah. an acquired taste, but it's so good. Once I, like yeah. once you get acquired to it, it's like there's no other way to drink it. Yeah, in my, I, in my opinion, I still like mine with a little bit of cream in it. If if I'm in a really coffee snob out, like I'll steam milk and you know like have like a nice little head of foam on it and stuff, and have like a proper cappuccino. But I don't know. I get I get kind of lazy. I've got the steamer attachment on the side of my espresso machine, and like. I'm on my third espresso machine now because I keep getting the first two. I ran tap water through and ruined them that way. And this way, I'm only putting bottled water into the fucking thing. But on this <laughs> newest one, I have not used the steamer attachment on the side because I'm being lazy. I don't want to go through the fucking hassle of cleaning it. Yeah. God, you know how hard it is to get scalded milk off the side of a fucking tube coming off a fucking espresso machine? <laughs> it's a bitch. Not easy, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how lazy I'm being with it. <laughs> it's like, well, I'd like steamed milk, but uh, it's going to take me a whole three and a half minutes to clean this thing. Who has that that's, kind of time? That's how I think sometimes. It's like, oh, man, I want to make fucking pancakes or French toast, but I'm like, uh, I don't want to get the fucking griddle thing out. So then I got to clean that fucker <laughs> up. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll just see what I'm most normally going to eat. <laughs> just do it in a big frying pan. You can make pancakes in a big frying pan. I could. Just, just be patient. Make them one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> just get no your oven going on a low temperature and just have your stack in there and it'll just stay hot. Just make a pancake cake. <laughs> <laughs> you like a stupid big stack. It looked like <laughs> the cover of fucking uh, Doomsday Clock was at four or five. Oh, that was glorious. Those pancakes look delicious. <laughs> Not near enough syrup on them, but they did look good. That's true. But, you know, they, they had their syrup doing the Rorschach look, so I, I can understand why they didn't have a lot on it, but. I think at this point with that series, I'm just going to collect because I've got all the issues on my pull list. So I'm just going to wait till they all come out and then just kind of like do like a weekend or something where I watch the movie and then like read the comic. Yeah. Yeah. I bought that. So it's, um, so it's all like fresh on my head when I watch it or when I read it. Nice. I bought that director's cut. That's like the, the longer version of the movie. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. It's like, three like 340 or something stupid <laughs> that's almost a four-hour movie <laughs> nice dude i've got the the sci-fi channel miniseries of dune on dvd and i think that's f- the director's cut is five hours long jesus it's three dvds that's crazy they did a pretty good job of staying faithful to the book though so i love that one i never read i never read dune i highly recommend it as far as far as paperbacks go it's really really skinny and so okay. it's an easy read, and it's also a really riveting story. Like, do you know what the story of it is? No. So it takes place, like, way, way, way into the future. And at some point, even further into the future than we are right now, we develop uh, computers that are basically, like, capable of, like, sentient thought. And or they were just really, really complex computers, but then when the first one created like a sentient thought like it took over all the other machines and basically enslaved humanity for a long time and like it was almost kind of similar to the matrix right and then eventually there was like a big war and the the people fought back the thinking machines and then they made a new law being like no more computers 
And so then, you know, 10,000 plus years later, this is when Dune takes place. And so there aren't computers, but there are like human versions of computers that are called Mentats. And like, that's just some interesting shit to me that like somebody who's like, they've trained their mind to the point where they can do like complex mathematics and stuff. They can think out different like possibilities for things and like the, and, and shit like that. And so basically every Royal house has got like a Mentat, right? And the Atreides, the, the, the kind of like the, our protagonists in Dune, their Mentat is like also like one that's been trained as an assassin. So he's like the warrior Mentat, like Thufir Howitt. And this young kid named Paul has been being trained by this guy his whole life. And so he's like a teenager, but he's like super deadly, like hand-to-hand combat, right? Now, there's also this um, sisterhood of women called the Bene Gesserit. And they have like developed like these really intense like mental powers in a way where they have this one ability called voice, where if they just use a, a right inflection in the way that they speak, they can actually like control somebody and like make them kind of do things without like, they can even be consciously being like, I don't want to do this, but they can almost get like a Killgrave type power over them. And then they've also got this specialized form of combat that they call the weirding way. And so Paul's mother is actually a Benny Jesuit. And so Paul's been trained, you know, by this warrior mentat, and a sword master of this planet called Ginez, which are like the, the strongest sword fighters in the galaxy. And then his mother trained him in the weirding way also. And his father is this duke of this planet that's just all oceans. Now, this family, the Atreides, their ancestral enemy is the Harkonnens, which are like these real evil motherfuckers. Like, I mean, just the way that, that Frank Herbert writes them, you immediately hate everything about the Harkonnens. Like, everything that's wrong with humanity. Like, really cruel just awful base fucking human beings and all their soldiers are real shitty and stuff also. And their planet is like gross. It's like all uh, polluted and there's like fucking oil everywhere and shit like that. Now also in the galaxy, there's this other planet that's just all desert called Arrakis where they call it Dune. And it's the only place in the universe where the spice melange exists. And the spice is like this just weird powder that they find out in the desert. But what happens when people take it is it extends people's lifespans out. So now people on average live around 300 years and it cures like almost all like the common, you know, illnesses and shit like that. So people really aren't dying from stuff like that. Um, there's certain people in the spacing guild that when they are like immersed in like a gas form of the spice, it actually like transforms them. And so they're almost like, they're like a weird, like fish type human hybrid that like has to live in like basically this like aquarium that's just like filled with this gas of that's made from the spice and it allows them to actually see like really glimpse short distances into the future so that they can transport these massive ships called highliners like throughout the galaxy and they move through fold space you know so they kind of move without moving but in order to really chart this course, they need to be able to have a brief glimpse into the future to be able to do it. And so the spice, it like makes the universe go around, right? It is the most valuable commodity there is. Anybody with a spice addiction, if all of a sudden you stop taking the spice, you will die. You know, like there's just all these bad things that'll happen if you take away the spice. Like there'll be no more intergalactic travel. 
you know, mass, like just millions, billions of people throughout the galaxy would die. And so this planet is too important for just any one family to control. And so it goes through cycles where different royal families control this planet. And for the longest time, it's been the Harkonnens that have had control over it. Well, now the emperor is saying, okay, the Harkonnens, your turn has ended and it's going to go to the Atreides. And so this book starts off with, with Paul Atreides, this boy, being forced to move from his ocean planet to this desert planet. And they're going there knowing that this is a trap that, you know, the, the emperor is jealous of his father's power and, um, you know, popularity and shit. And so they're taking him there to fail. And, you know, eventually shit goes downhill. They do get attacked. Um, Paul and his mother believed to be dead, but really like these people that live out in the desert called the Fremen take them in. And while Paul is out in the desert and he's kind of like being exposed to more spice than he's ever been exposed to in his life, he starts having all these visions of the future that start coming true. And so then there's all this fucking talk of, you know, is, is Paul this, this being that the Jenny, the Benny Gesserit called the Kwisatz Haderach, meaning the, the one that can be in many places at once. So he can have like perfect visions of the future and shit. Right. But they had this big breeding program going where Paul wasn't supposed to be, or this Kwisatz Haderach wasn't supposed to be born for like another couple generations because this Paul's mother was supposed to give birth to a girl because the Bene Gesserit have got such masterful control over their bodies. They can actually choose like the gender of their child or like if they were to be poisoned, they could actually change the molecular structure of the poison like in their body and like render it inert and stuff like they have all these really cool abilities. And so it's, it's kind of cool. It's this story of like this noble family that gets betrayed. And then there's also like a secret power amongst them that gets loosed. And then like basically he's able to like kind of topple the whole power structure and take over the fucking the empire and shit. Damn. Yeah. I just went off on a really long fucking tear. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was about to say, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you've read this book a couple times. <laughs> no, it's one of my favorite books. Okay. <laughs> Either that or you have some fucking amazing like comprehension. <laughs> like, Fuck, you just read me half the book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, That's it's all, like it and, sounds and super like, fucking interesting though. That sounds really cool. Like, dude, I barely skimmed the surface. Like, that was like barely even cliff notes. Damn. But yeah. Yeah, that's probably super boring. I'm sorry. It was mind blowing. Like at the very beginning, like you're telling me about these robots and I'm thinking like the sender type shit, like sit <laughs> like AI that's become able to think for itself and shit like that like they've taught it to have, like they've programmed it so well to have like feelings and things like that that it becomes to it begins to actually like understand those feelings yeah yeah well in in sci-fi literature they've got like the the hugo award and the nebula award and i believe dune was the first book to win both of those awards oh damn yeah so i mean it's it was like a pretty huge achievement in science fiction when it was first written and then frank herbert went on to write I think five sequels. And so the last one that he wrote was called Dune chapter house. And it takes place maybe a couple thousand years after the events of Dune. And it's like, you know, like ancestors of Paul. And then what's crazy too, is they're like fucking there's clones and stuff in these books. And so they actually bring people back and they figure out ways to unlock their cellular memories. So people wake up. Like in like remembering like the moment of their death as they were dying. Like that's the first thing they remember when they fucking get woken up. Oh, that's weird. Dude, it's fucking crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really so fucked fucking up. Crazy. And then what's wild too is, oh man, this is, I don't know. This, this is, 
I don't know if this would really be considered a spoiler or not, but how long have the books have been out? Oh, for fucking ever, dude. I think Dune was written in the late sixties, early seventies. Okay. So I imagine <laughs> people that have heard about this either already know. So I wouldn't yeah. say there's any spoiler to it. I don't, <sighs> I mean, I'll, I'm not going to be able to read it right away. So by that point, I'll probably forget what the spoiler is. Uh, Okay. Well, okay. So skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear a spoiler for a decades old book. (laughs) But basically, so there's a clone is made from the, the like cells of something that was living when it was taken. And a Gola is made from the cells of something that's been dead. Right. So if they make a Gola, when they figure out a way to open their memories back up, that's when they remember their moment of death, right? Now, the way that they figure out how to wake Agola up is to like pre-program it to where it has a compulsion to do something that is completely against the character of what they would have done when they were alive. And it like sets off like this mental battle inside their head that ends up unlocking their memories. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so usually like they'll like program them to like kill a gola of like say like of like your wife when you were alive hundreds of years before. And it's like looking at this person it's like I have no memories, you know, no memories, but for whatever reason when I try and kill you I can't. Because at one time, you know, like the cells in my body remember being in love with the cells in your body or something like that, you know, it's like fucking crazy deep sci-fi shit, but when you read it it's fucking incredible. You find out that there's this other race of fucking humans that were kind of gone off the deep end with like genetic modifications and shit like that. And they create this uh, other race called face dancers where they can like change the way that they look so they can look like other people, kind of like Mirage almost. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to like picture all this as you're saying it. Yeah. It's not Mirage, is it? God, I can't remember names for fucking shit tonight. <laughs> Who's I would the blue know. chicken X-Men? Oh, Mystique? Mystique, it's an M name. I was fucking close. Mirage. I'm thinking fucking was, Vegas. Yeah, I know, right? When it came out of my mouth, I'm like, that's not right, Stark. I can't fucking <laughs> it's, like it's like that Jane Austen all over again. <laughs> yeah, so we might have talked about Infinity War a little bit, but it's definitely not gonna be a tag on this episode. If this is somebody's first episode in Starkcast, they're like, what? This guy's an idiot. It's like, yeah, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> well, what what did you think of um what did you think of Infinity Gauntlet the comic compared to the movie? Um I mean the movie was definitely a lot more you know, I don't know, Infinity Gauntlet is a product of its times. You know, that was a book that was written in 91. And so it yeah. definitely feels like an early 90s book when you're reading it. Um I like the depth of Thanos way way more in the movie than Infin- Infinity Gauntlet. He's he's just he's just trying to impress death. Pretty much. He's trying to get her to like be in love with him because he thinks he's like perfect for her. Yeah. And doesn't he talk in the third person a lot too? Yeah. That. <laughs> and then like you got like the watcher talking a whole lot too because he has to watch the whole fucking thing. And then, yeah. I mean, it's too, it's weird too because we're so used to like the, the modern day art and comics and it's so different from in the early 90s. Yeah. Too. It, it's a cool story though. It's got It's got lots of neat shit in it. Yeah, like the story, like I feel like if they could have told that, if Marvel could have told the the book, the actual comic story on screen, I think it would have been really cool to see on screen, especially with if they used Adam Warlock, since he was such like a big part of the actual whole Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, 
and then and Silver kind of Surfer that, and shit. Yeah, and it's kind of weird that they showed, you know, they teased Adam Warlock at the end of Guardians 2, but they're saying that he's not going to be involved in Avengers 4, or were they only saying that he's not going to be in Infinity War? That's, see, that's the thing. Like, it would make sense for him to be in fucking Avengers 4 if people are supposedly in the Soul World. Yeah. <laughs> it would make fucking perfect sense because he fucking is, like, the king of Soul World. Yeah. And shit. And then, like, he put, he, he basically takes people out of Soul World and puts them back. Like, that's how he sends Silver, Sur- uh, Silver Surfer. Um, and who's the other one? Does he send two people? I know he sends Surfer to Doctor Strange. Yeah, doesn't he just have those other people that are with him? It's like Pip. And, oh yeah, Pip. That's right. And uh, and the lady dies right away, so I don't remember who that was. Yeah, that's right, Pip. I forgot about him. Yeah, because I mean, one of the big differences in like the comic who? is, I mean, doesn't he do the snap at the end of the first issue? Yeah, it's like at the, it's, yeah, it's toward the very end of the first issue. He does the snap and people start disappearing. And then the very end of that issue, I think, or the very beginning of the, the next issue is when you get to see like a screen of like all these panels of each character that's been mis- confirmed disappeared. Yeah. And, and we see like Spider-Man twice. up on that, that top of that roof and he's like looking at the crowd in New York. Yeah. And then all of a sudden half the crowd disappears and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And there was like 20 different superheroes that were gone mm-hmm. or something. But that's the thing is like they could do that in the comic because there's so many of those characters that they can mention because they were in the comics, even if they weren't in any type of recent story, just any character they wanted to, they could say disappeared just so you could see how many of them have disappeared. Yeah. Um, compared to the movie, you really only could do the ones that we've seen in the movies. I mean, you can't have someone come over and say these characters are missing when people don't know the fuck they are. I, mean, I guess they could, but it'd be kind of stupid. <laughs> like if we just heard a random like telecom to like cap or something that like a random superhero that's like a, a d-lister in marvel is missing people are gonna be like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> but i like i don't know who that is but yeah i definitely like the way that like the thanos story in the movie way more than in the book um trying to think Gamora, I'm to, what does Gamora do really in the in the comic? I feel like she gets killed, doesn't she? God, I don't really remember. I feel like in that initial fight that Warlock does, where he sends basically everyone to attack Thanos because he knows yeah. they're gonna lose. Yeah, it's, I think it's you're almost right. it's almost like if they don't you basically here. I think here's what might happen if they're not gonna put Warlock in four, then. Doctor Strange is going to play the role of Warlock. Okay, tell, yeah, that could make sense. To tell the story, like, cause he, cause he knows exactly what has to happen, just like Adam Warlock did, and so he knows exactly like who has to do what at what times and what has to happen when and where, and he's going to know when thing like when to tell someone to do something. So he already knows how everything gets played out. So if they don't want to introduce Warlock in four because they would have to talk like give so much backstory on him, then this is a good way to just use Doctor Strange because he's already used the time stone to look and look forward in time. Yeah. Yeah, that that totally does make a lot of sense. And you know, I don't know. 
the comic is just so expansive, you know, because the it it's able to do things that the movies never could just because of fucking studio rights. Yeah. Yeah, because there was cause Silver Surfer's big in the comic. Because he basically does what Thor did in the movie where they sent him, shot Thor, or shot Hulk into Doctor Strange's place compared to Silver Surfer was one in the comics. Yeah, and it is cool that in the comic, too, he comes right down through the window. Yeah, the exact same way. That's what, That was pretty cool. <laughs> God damn, that was fucking crazy seeing the Hulk get the shit beat out of him. Yeah, it was. Dude, I did not expect that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I expected maybe like a closer, like a like a close fight here or there or something, and like they get distracted by something else happening. But I definitely didn't think it was going to be like so simple for Thanos. Yeah, dude. Man. And they and they made him look like his CGI was pretty fucking good. Like, it, they did a really good job for the most part in the movie. There's a couple things here and there, but that's not like I think it's a combo of it being in 3D too that you catch it even more. Yeah, because like, I noticed th- that in the third act when it was showing uh, Banner in the busted up um, Hulkbuster armor, I was like, "Is that because the 3D that that looks so fucking awful?" But yeah, then I heard it brought I, up on a bunch of different podcasts, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, it just looked fucking bad." Yeah, I think when you get that bad CG and then you're seeing it in 3D because it kind of gives those layers to it. Yeah, you can really see like how fuck how I don't understand like how they don't know that it's bad when they're doing that fucking post. Like, do you do all this other CG throughout the movie? How's this one any fucking different than the other things you've been doing? And yet you did so well with the others and you fucked up here. Yeah, and it's, it's like, not, way to go third unit, right? Like, <laughs> the even, even if like like I don't even give a shit if you like you catch it and you're like, oh yeah, that's not very good, but we don't want to spend the extra money to go back and fix it for this movie. You do. Like spend <laughs> yes. the extra fucking five million or ten million that you got to spend on. Who gives a fuck? You're gonna make the most money probably than any movie in a very long time. Yeah. Hey, look at it this way. It's gonna be the fastest movie to ever hit a billion, and it still has that bad CGI in the third act with the Hulkbuster. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. I wonder though how long it's gonna. Because I mean, fucking Black Panther's still in theaters, or still was. I don't know if it still is now. But it was still in theaters. That's crazy. It was in there almost fucking four months or three months. Yeah, I got an email from Voodoo today saying that I could pre-order it on digital. And so I looked it up and I think it said that it was due to be released on digital on the 8th. And then a month later, they'll be next week. Yeah, then a month they'll do the Blu-ray and I'll definitely be getting that. Yeah, I've I've been phasing out all my um, every I've been just buying everything in digital lately. Yeah, I'll do the reason I'll do like the Blu-ray. Um, I'll do the combo pack. So, because like Target always on like the the when a new movie comes out, they always do like a five dollars off or they they always reduce the price on them. So the it ends up only being like for the brand new movie, the Blu-ray, digital, and a DVD copy. It's only twenty. Yeah, that that's not bad then. Yeah, so that's a why lot I of these do I'm it. getting for 19.99 on the day they come out. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I would, I would just get the digitals because I have an Apple TV. But when I'm getting, when I'm paying the same price for the digital as I am for all three of them, I might as well do that. So that way, if there's times where I go over to someone's house and they want to watch the movie, I can just bring the movie over instead of having to worry about like getting out, taking my Apple TV or something like that, and dealing with setting it up over there. Yeah. 
See, I still don't own, own a Blu-ray player because all my fucking shit's in digital, so I don't yeah. really need that physical media player. Yeah, I've got a shitload of I've got a shitload of Blu-rays, but <laughs> <laughs> but I can't play them. What the fuck? I know it's a good thing it comes with the DVD. At least then I can play it in my old PlayStation Two, which shockingly still works from two thousand one. Damn, that's impressive. I, I know. I, t- I take care of my shit. Yeah, I don't have. The only system I have now is I got that like S- I got the SNES Classic, the little mini guy. Oh, nice. Um, but other than that, I don't have any systems anymore. I had a, I had an Xbox 360 all the way to when from like when it came out to when maybe my second year in college, and then it got the Red Ring of Death. Ah. Uh. And I was like, yeah, I don't really feel like because at that point in college, I was really just using it as like a, a DVD player, and like I would occasionally play like college football or something on it. Uh-huh. But at that point when it died, I was like, yeah, I don't feel like shelling out all the money for another one. Like, I'm not really using it much anyways. I'll just buy like a $20 DVD player. So my brother-in-law had one, and he didn't want to go through all that hassle, and I was like, I'll do it. He's like, okay. And so I went through that fucking whole hassle of getting it fixed for him, and then he was like, he was like, okay, well, I'll sell it to you for super cheap then. And I'm, like, all right. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, that's fine. And so then... I got it fixed, went through that whole fucking deal with it and got it back and it worked. And then I was like, God damn, I really don't even want an Xbox. I don't really give a shit. And I was talking with one of my friends about it and he's like, fuck, I'll buy it for that much. And so I fucking told, I told my brother-in-law, I'm like, okay, yeah, he'll take it. And he's like, and so then Adam's like, okay, $20 more for your friend. I'm like, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) You had no dog in this fight. This thing would be a big Xbox shaped paperweight if I wouldn't have done this. You motherfucker. (laughs) <laughs> I remember I was re- I was like trying to read tricks when I got the Red Ring of Death on how to fix it, and uh, I remember the one that actually worked for me was you're supposed to turn it on and, and flip it upside down and leave it on like that for a while, uh-huh. and then was it you do that? Then you like you would unplug it and then flip it back over and then plug it back in, and it would work, and it would work for me for like a little bit. Like I would do that and it would work for like a couple days. Wow. And, yeah, but then finally I was like, not. it was getting to the point where I was getting like 20 minutes or something, and then I was like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say that whole story and, and say new motherfucker and stuff, but but he's like my little brother. <laughs> no, I, I've known him since like he was like playing fucking like baseball and shit, you know, like in school. So, you know. I, I say that with love. <laughs> I just want to put that out there in case Adam listens. <laughs> um, I did think it was sweet in the comic, the Infinity Gauntlet, when he fucking kills Cyclops, how he does it. Oh, God, that, <laughs> that was, was so fucked awesome. up. That was crazy, but it was fucking awesome at the same time. I was like, oh, God, that'd be Cap's cool. Cap's reaction to it? Yeah, like that would have been fucking cool Like if they could have done that on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like I mean, who would? Especially if the if you had been allowed to kill one of the the original X Men uh, Cyclops actors, <laughs> <laughs> just kill that dude on screen. I don't think people would be upset. Just, just watch Westworld. You can see James Marsden die all the time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't Teddy. get to see him die with a fucking box around his head. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> oh, real quick about the the Red Rings of Death. Did you ever hear the fix about wrapping your Xbox in a blanket? And they, then turning it on so it would overheat. I did, that's what I did. That's what. Oh fuck, you're right. But I had also flipped it upside down. When you start saying <laughs> wrapping in blanket, I did that. I remember that. I wrapped it in a blanket, 
turned it on upside down and let it, yeah, that's where, yeah, like I let it overheat. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah, because I had had somebody explain it as like, it gets it so hot, it melts all the solder in it and it reforms. I'm like, that makes no fucking sense at all. Right. That sounds like that would cause a fire. Right. <laughs> it's like you're just full of shit. <laughs> you believe everything you read on the internet. <laughs> like, and you believe in a flat earth. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we are done here. <laughs> yeah, that's a special kind of stupid right there. Do you hear, like, the newest fucking thing that they're saying on it is the reason nobody's falling off the edge is because of the Pac-Man effect? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear their science how the Pac-Man effect works. <sighs> if I ever met one of those people that truly believed in it, tried, like, arguing it with me, I would probably have to slap him in the face. Oh, Yeah. Like backhand them and just like I can't speak to you. I gotta leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, dude, the people who are like vaccine deniers like bother me even more. Because it's like because of assholes like you, fucking polio's back. Well done, you fucks. What? People who like think that like oh I can't vaccinate. You know, vaccines are bad. There's there's mind controlling agents in there, or it's gonna give my kid autism or something. And it's like yeah. But you know what vaccines are good for? Not having fucking polio and shit like that. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking vaccines as in flu shots. <laughs> well, I'm sure they don't get flu shots either. Right. Dude, I actually got a flu shot this year. Go me. I didn't. I have, well, that's the thing. I'm lucky I don't really get sick. Hardly. I'm Thankfully. Like, I hardly ever get sick. So I've never got a flu shot. And it always seems like whenever like one of my parents or someone gets a flu shot, they always end up getting the flu anyways. it's like well that's fucking worthless like because the flu shots are usually only for like a certain strand of the flu so you can still get other strands which is like yeah and it always seems like it always seems whenever they get a flu shot that always happens so i'm just like eh if i'm gonna get the flu i'm gonna get the flu (laughs) the last time i was at my doctor's office they're like we see it's been over 10 years since you had a tetanus shot and uh have you had a flu shot (laughs) or maybe it wasn't a flu maybe it was something else i don't know I definitely got a fucking shot in both arms. So that was fun. I came home and bragged to my kids that it didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been to it since I haven't been to a doctor in a while. Yeah, I know. I've, I'm definitely due for a tetanus shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. The nurse gave that to me. I'm like, yeah, well, the nurse gave me that shot and she's like, you're good to go. I'm like, good. I'm going to go play with rusty metal. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really the only way you can get tetanus, isn't it? I mean, I guess you have to. You could be exposed to the same stuff that's in rust in another way, but yeah. But I mean, fuck could be. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know that much about it. Yeah, I just know like, and people always like associate lockjaw with it, like you get it right away. But that's not like until that'd be like that's that only happens if you get tetanus and then don't get it treated for a long time. Like that's one of the last things that happens. <laughs> it's not like if you get tetanus and don't go to a doctor in a couple hours, you can't fucking speak. oh he's got tetanus we're good he's got that lock jaw (laughs) it's like the puppy no not the puppy (laughs) i never watched in humans thank god oh yeah no that's on my to don't list i'm not fucking doing that right maybe if we ever get our drunken commentaries going we can add that on there that was the only thing i was gonna say like the only way you do watch that is that way Add that to list with the X-Men movie, or the Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> that will be, oh my god, I can't wait to do that. 
<laughs> I know we just got to figure out the mechanics of how it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it's almost like do you watch it beforehand and take notes and be ready like it's a Comedy Central roast or do you just fucking freeball it? Yeah, like or do I stay blind and just watch it? live as you guys are commentating on it <laughs> oh for sure you need to go into it <laughs> since you've never seen it before yeah you shouldn't go through and preview it <laughs> you should definitely go into it that first time being like i can't believe i'm watching this <laughs> what will probably end up happening though is if the comment if the commentary is as good as i'm hoping it'll be from you and whoever else we get to do this with I will probably end up enjoying the movie. Like when I think about fantastic four, I'm going to think about that experience I had. And I'd be like, I had a lot of fun making fun of that movie. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the experience you're remembering. You're not remembering like enjoying the fact that they went to the negative zone. (laughs) Dr. Doom looked like a high tech fucking toaster. Like what the fuck? God, that's one character. I really wish they could fucking get right. He is so oh, badass know, in the right? comics. It's unbelievable how powerful he is in the comics. Because that's the other thing too is like he's big in the Infinity Gauntlet. Like yeah. he, he, everyone's like Doom's a bad guy, and they bring him on their side basically because like they got to talk him into like if you don't help us, I mean he's going to destroy the whole world, so you won't have any like basically you won't have anything to try to take control of. And Doom's all just worried about that power. Like he he sees these stones and he wants it. Yeah. Greedy yeah. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I highly recommend people that if you enjoyed Infinity War and you want to see, you know, some of the source material that that inspired it, definitely check out Infinity Gauntlet by Jim Starlin. And uh, was it George Perez did the art on it? Yeah, Perez. And then there was one other person I think that was on there, too, for the art. But yeah, and and it's six issues, but it's they're all basically double issues. They're all like 40 pages. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the trade was on Amazon for fourteen ninety nine. So I mean, you're definitely getting your money's worth for fifteen bucks. Oh yeah, you're getting basically twelve issues. That's definitely yeah. a good deal. Yeah, it's gonna be a thick trade. Did you like, ever read the original Secret War? No, no. And like what I was saying earlier, that I want to go back and read lots of Marvel stuff that I've heard was good. That's on the list. Yeah, I've read that. It's pretty good. Doom is a big character in that one. It's like oh, Doom, nice. like Doom and Galactus are two big ones. Because like the yeah. whole general, like the whole general synopsis of it is basically, um, how I'm trying to remember. It was a while ago since I read it, but it's basically like Galactus basically just like takes half of the world, or like half of, um, or like a portion of the planet or something, and moves it to another planet, and um, puts these like superheroes and stuff against each other like the superheroes and villains and he's basically just doing it to for his like own pleasure oh wow yeah or something like that like there's more to it but like that's kind of like the general thing to it and doom is a big like whoever wins has like whoever wins or something gets to like take his role or something like i can't remember exactly how it, it goes but doom is a big character because he wants to try it's basically like doom has his like group of people and it's against like there's uh, I think the thing from Fantastic Four is in there. Um, Spider-Man, Wolverine. Like, it's basically like almost like Civil War, but the good guys versus the bad guys. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Who, uh, do you know off the top of your head who wrote that? Mm, I don't. I have to look it up. Yeah. 
No, I'll I'll check it out, man. But yeah, it was, I mean, it, it's the, I think it came out a couple years after um, Infinity Gauntlet. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, cool. So it's like a '90s book. Yeah, it was. Oh, nice. I think I think it was like the next. Um, oh, I may be wrong. No, that's not it. But I think it came out like it was like the next big event, kind of after Infinity Gauntlet. I think it like reset the the Earth, like the universe a little bit or something. Huh? Yeah, I definitely need to read more Marvel stuff. I don't know as many comics as I read. It's kind of funny that like I don't read very many from one of the biggest publishers. Oh, never mind. This was way fucking back before that. It was it was in '84. Holy shit. Yeah, and that was Jim Shooter. Right on. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Well, well, I knew it, I knew it had the same type of kind of like art as um, Infinity Gauntlet, so I thought maybe it was around that same time period. I didn't realize it was that much earlier. Huh. But yeah, I think I think it was twelve issues as well. Oh, right on. Yeah. But it was pretty fucking cool. But yeah, I wish with Doctor Doom they could fucking tell. Maybe with that whole acquisition, if it goes through and everything, they can get a fucking proper Doctor Doom told from Marvel. If they're able to do as good as they did with Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. You're not shitting there. Man, they did a good job of like really making you feel for that character's motivations. Yeah. God damn, dude. If they can, think about that, though. Like, if they... If they can get, if they get Fantastic Four and shit, if this whole acquisition goes through and they can do a really good Doctor Doom, they could use him for so many of the different movies. Like he could be an overarching villain in multiple movies if they wanted him to. Yeah. Like oh you yeah. Could, dude. You could have him. In just, you could have him in Fantastic Four, but you could also have him in an Avengers movie, or you could have him in something else because he's now fucking part of all that stuff. And there's actually tons of comics with him in it and just how fucking good he is. Come on, Marvel, do it. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I haven't even read that many Marvel books overall, but I have read him as a villain in quite a few. Yeah. And I've even read him as like an antihero in some, because I think there's, um, I read a handful of, I think it was the infamous Iron Man where it was doom in an Iron Man suit. Oh, nice. Yeah, because he kind of like taken over as Iron Man after like Tony Stark died. Oh, yeah. Stark's definitely gone in Infinity War 2, next movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just. But I mean, fuck, we were all thinking that for this one. And like it even kind of tricked us for a little bit when we see Thanos stab him. Yeah, I thought that was. Fuck, this is it? I thought that was when it was going to happen, too. I was like, oh, here it comes. Like he went out good, but I feel like he's gonna get a pretty fucking epic death in uh in the next one. Yeah, dude, they'd have to. And and that's like one of the big things where it's like you know, it's just seeing so many of these characters just kind of turn to ash. Where it's like there's there's no way that's that's the death for Black Panther or Spider Man or anybody. So I don't know. Right. Walking out of the theater, I was you know, because I, I read like so many things on Facebook leading up to it where people are like, oh my God, you know, 
I feel so fucked up after watching this. It was like, yeah, kinda, but, <laughs> but I mean, it's like, I, I suppose if I see the next one and nobody comes back, that's where I'll have the moment that everybody had at the end of infinity war. Yeah. See, that's the other thing too, to me. It's like, even though this was its own, like, it wasn't a movie to me. It wasn't one, like it's a full movie. It was definitely a movie that's two parts. So I need to see how the second one goes to to really give a a, a legit full like rating on it because like you're saying like if they if they bring back every single person that vanished and they don't die then I think I I'm not sure if I would I mean granted almost everybody that they vanished there's no way they can let them die because of the fucking contracts and stuff in movies yeah. but if they were somehow able to be ballsy and do that with leaving one of the characters that we totally thought wasn't going to be gone, gone, then I'd be like, okay, like I'd be like, I'd be more impressed with watching the movie again at the end. Cause then I know oh, shit, that person actually is gone. Yeah. But like, there's, there's no way they're not doing another black Panther movie. There's no way oh, they, for can, sure. they, they can't kill off <laughs> Spider-Man because he's not even their fucking character. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Bucky, we already know, is on for like another four movies. He still has like four movies left on his contract or something. So there's no way. Unless, like the only thing I'm thinking, like, I mean, I guess maybe if they, because I know there's definitely going to be doing some type of time travel. So, see, I don't know if they're gonna, just going to go back. Because I wonder, when we see like in the trailers, people saying, that, oh, well, we didn't see actual Hulk running in the field and stuff. I wonder if maybe those are actual scenes that even though they, yeah, they could have just shot him for the trailers, which they do that sometimes. I could also see that being like when him busting out of the Hulkbuster suit happens in the second one, but we're re-seeing them do the whole Wakanda fight again. Oh, that'd but, be interesting. Like if we see a lot of that like same stuff back, again. Yeah, like it, it's almost going to be like the second Back to the Future. Hmm. Like in that respect where it's like stuff changes. Like you, you go back, like you're going to, do like you're gonna do whatever you have to do back in time to change the present. So first we're gonna, we're gonna get kind of that portion where they go back and set up what has to be done to change that, and then we're gonna get to see like the play of that like that play out again and things and differently. Not I'm not gonna say like the whole third act's gonna be the exact same third act with just different like small different things that change. I think there might be just like a few, like they may just show glimpses of the battle again. And this time the Hulk actually hulks out. Yeah. And then he's able to, he's able to keep up with cap. Yeah. And then, and, uh, and Black Panther up. instead of tripping and falling <laughs> and then fuck shit up. And then maybe they like, sp- like splits like another portion or something like that later on. But it's not like we see everything play out exactly the same from the first movie. But I feel like that they could do something like that. Yeah, do you do you think we'll see a resolution that's similar to how they take care of it in Infinity Gauntlet, where you know, like a, another character gets their hands on the glove and they just like you know, turn things back to the way they were twenty four hours previously, with the exception of you know, I still retain control of the glove. Oh yeah, like um, I was listening to the review that Scenic Cast did, and I think it was Jesse on there was mentioning that. Like in the movie itself, when they go to wherever, well, I can't remember the name of that place was where the, um, Peter Dinklage is, where they 
forged a storm stormbreaker you actually oh, yeah. still you actually still see the mold for the infinity gauntlet yeah and so we saw how much this like how destroyed the the gauntlet itself was after he snapped his fingers so i think she had mentioned that her theory was that maybe that they're gonna have to go back to um there and they're gonna make another mold and then somehow get the stones from his gauntlet and put it in their new gauntlet and then like reverse everything that happened yeah but i wonder if whoever they have to use to maybe snap it has to like if it's not i guess it'd have to be thor that would do it or unless it's like tony's way of sacrificing himself for everybody like he uses his like he's the only one with the power in his suit or something to be able to withstand the force but then he ends up dying from it or something i don't know yeah hey that dwarf that peter dinklage was playing did he have metal melted all over his hands so he couldn't use his hands yeah that was um yeah that's what he did that's what thanos did he like burned yeah took his hands from him yeah he took his hands from him after he had built him the infinity gauntlet because he didn't want him to be able to build anything else for anyone else. Yeah. But there is a dude feeding himself. How's he wiping his ass? I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's like somehow figured out ways to use other shit around there as (laughs) he's like, Oh, I'm just going to put my toilet paper on this like shard metal and slowly drag my ass off of it or something. Oh, like, no. I don't know. I don't know. How you, I don't, I don't really know how he would wipe his ass. I guess maybe he's just got some really bad dingleberries. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of dinklage berries. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give it to you though. I don't care. <laughs> or I wonder if maybe they'll give, cause they didn't kill Nebula in the movie. Did they? Like, no, I know they were torturers, no. and like in the movie, in the comic, I mean, she has a role at some point. I wonder if maybe they kind of try to pay a little homage to the comic and maybe use her more in the second movie too. I was wondering that too. She's definitely not as fucked up in the in the in the movies as she is in the book. But yeah, in the book, she look yeah, it's like fucking Walking Dead shit. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah, it just it shows also like how fucked up Thanos in the book is. Yeah, Thanos was like if they 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 could have easily done a Thanos rated R movie at some oh, point if yeah. they ever want to because of how just dark of a character he is. Dude, I'd like to see them do an adaptation of what um, uh, Donny Cates has done with Thanos because that story is amazing. Have you read any of that? No, I remember you talking about it though. I need to. Oh, dude, it'll fucking blow your mind. Just wait. What do we gotta wait? Like another six months or so, and it'll be on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. So then maybe when did he first start doing the run? Mm. like a few months ago if they're one a month it would have been over a half a year ago so maybe his his first issues of maybe his first issue of that starting to hit oh it could it really could then do you remember what number he started on 13 i want to check this now (laughs) that's an amazing run though so basically, like, Cosmic Ghost Rider just grabs Thanos and takes him way into the future where he meets old man Thanos, who is still trying to impress death. And old man Thanos needs younger Thanos to kill the Silver Surfer because he thinks that that's the one that'll really bring death, like, over to his side. 
Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And like the shit with the cosmic ghost rider, like I will not spoil who that is because it's such a good reveal in the comic, but like it, you do not expect it to be who it is. Was Lemire <laughs> writing this before? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah he wrote so, one through 12. Yeah. So they got one through 12 on here right now. And the Dude, 12, that's a good run too. Like I highly recommend you starting on one and reading it. 12 came out October 25th. So yeah, in the next m- month, the next issue will drop. So Sweet. like whenever, so whenever it released, so I'm guessing, so October was what? That's ten, so six, so four. It should have dropped, unless they took a break after twelve and started up later. If no, they didn't, no, they didn't. They didn't. Okay, so then thirteen should be showing up at any point. Yeah, dude, I highly recommend binge those first twelve of the Lumiere run because they're really good and it sets up well. Because then uh, when you when you fucking read that number 13, the way it starts, and then the way it ends, you're like, no fucking way. Wow, what a rock and roll way to go from, from what Lemire was doing to the end of this new story. Like, But, I mean, you know, I, I expect nothing less from Donny Cates. Does, um, does Lemire's number one, like, actually start with, like, a whole new origin story for Thanos? Or is it kind of like a one going off of a previous storyline? Um, okay, so that was one of the first... Marvel books I picked up. I picked up Unworthy Thor and Thanos number one. They came out right around the same time. And I wasn't that familiar with the Thanos character. I just I knew him more or less just from the, the end and mid credit scenes from, you know, the the MCU movies. And I, I it was really accessible, really easy for me to jump on. I thought it was a great number one, and it's a good twist on it too. You come to find out that Thanos is dying. And he doesn't really understand why he's dying. And then there's like all these other people that are. So what is he? He's like goes on a quest to get his power back, I think. And at the same time, there's people who know that he's weak and dying and they want to take him out before he can, you know, kind of find his strength again. Okay. It's pretty, it's pretty good. The, there's two story arcs that Lemire did and they're both really good. Nice. Yeah, Lemire's a fucking great writer, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, with also with the movie, like, when I watched it afterwards, like, the first day or two, I was still pretty salty. And, I mean, I was, like, <laughs> I was, like, salty with just, like, the whole movie experience. And I was getting salty to the point that I was, like, Thanos is figuring out it doesn't make any sense. It's a glove that's made out of metal. How can he fucking bend it? it makes no sense. There's no reason. It, there's no way it could snap. <laughs> it's articulated. <laughs> like, it's finely crafted by a dwarf. <laughs> I was like, then I realized I'm questioning superhero movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm questioning comics right now. That does not work. <laughs> like, I know this movie was great. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't he, like, even wear, like, in the comics, He doesn't he still, like, from what I could tell, he still has, like, normal gloves on that he wears as part of his his character outfit or character design even without the infinity gauntlet like in the in the movie he doesn't have a glove on his other hand does he i don't think so yeah but i mean the movie they really kind of you know like in the comic he's still got the armor on and everything the whole time yeah god he's a fucking badass Yeah, yeah. No, that that movie gets fucking top honors for me, man. I, I loved it. I'm looking forward to going and seeing it again. I definitely want to see it a, a time or two more in the theater before it leaves. Yeah, just the way he was like the force behind his punches in the in the Hulk. Just like hearing him. And then like, I don't know how he didn't fucking kill Cap 
with that punch to the face. Oh, for sure, right? I feel like when they're that strong, the human body can only... like I feel like he would punch the head off like in Friday the 13th. <laughs> but at the same time, Cap said the super soldier th- serum, you know? True. <laughs> you know it would have been a fucking sweet fight? Because you get it in... I mean, granted, he gets killed, but fucking Wolverine against Thanos, like in the comic. Oh, yeah. It didn't work, but he tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's Thanos turn all his bones to rubber or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He makes it. Yeah. He turns his whole body into this. So he just like splotches down on the ground. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's cool too. Like in the con, I remember I heard like they were talking about it in the reviews that I was listening to. I want to say it was PCL that mentioned it. Um, but like in the comic Drax and uh, Mantis or in the movie Drax and Mantis could turn into blocks and ribbon and they actually do that to characters in the comic. Yeah. Yeah. Among other fucked up things that Thanos does for him just in an attempt to try and impress death. Yeah. Doesn't he like what, what is it that they're you that they're using on him at the end in the last like issue or so like they have it almost looks like he's in like an igloo. Is it concrete or what is it supposed to be? Oh, I assume it was just bits of that monument that he made in state in, in space. Okay. So it was like stone or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to give away too much from that comic. Cause it's just, it's too cool. But yeah. Yeah. Basically. Whoever gets the glove back, you know, gets the glove off of Thanos when Thanos goes to try and challenge him back. I th- I think that that character just rips a bunch of stone out of the ground and encases him in it so that he can't move. Okay. There's a ton of characters too in that comic. Like I had no, I don't know who they were or anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, like all the, like, um, like besides Galactus, like the other characters that are with him, like, I don't know any of those characters. Yeah. I've read some stuff with eternity in it. And, um, <clears throat> let's see. It was, a lot of the other celestials and stuff like that I weren't I wasn't familiar with either. Yeah, so I was just like, okay. So I was just go with this. I know Galactus is a badass, so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like Dude, Galactus f- has got some big stuff in that that uh Donny Cates uh Thanos run. Oh, does he? Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like that's the thing like I know a good amount I at least know I'm familiar with the Galactus character just from reading Secret Wars and stuff since he's a, an integral like he's like a big part of that. So I was at least introduced to him with some of the early stuff that I read of Marvel. Nice. So now when I see him and other stuff, I like I I understand what he's doing, but I had no clue that like since I didn't get in the comics back when the um, original Fantastic Four movies were out, like I didn't know who the fuck Galactus like was when they were talking about that cloud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I didn't know I didn't either. Get, like I didn't get it. I was like, uh, okay. Like silver, <laughs> silver surfer looks cool in this movie, but that's really all I remember from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like I collected like Marvel, uh, trading cards in the nineties when I was a kid. And so, you know, I knew the, how well some of these characters looked from that. I knew so how a lot of the X-Men characters looked from the X-Men Sega game and the old X-Men cartoon and stuff. But, but yeah, I, I really didn't start reading Marvel Comics until probably like a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's that's how it was with me. 
Yeah. And like, I, I enjoy them, but I mean, really still, my heart is, is more really with independent publishers and, and just, you know, crazy fucked up type storylines that you get from like image and aftershock and stuff like that. That's, that's really, you know, what my main interest with reading comics is, but, but I do like, like reading some of this Marvel stuff, you know, I, I really enjoyed the hell out of infinity gauntlet. I started infinity war, which is the series that takes place after it. It's, I read the first issue. It's pretty different. And then I had read that uh, Adam, there's a comic called Warlock and the Infinity Watch that actually took place right after Infinity Gauntlet. And so I read the first issue of that, and that was pretty good. That was with like all those like cosmic deities and stuff like that, or basically have Adam Warlock on trial. And it's Eternity saying, you know, hey, all these stones should be given to me. And... And by the end of the issue, Adam Warlock is saying, you know, no, it's not meant for me to keep these. I need to figure out, you know, what to do with each of these stones. And, and I kind of knew just from hearing conversations on podcasts and stuff that that that's like the the birth of the Illuminati, where like there's a bunch of different people that are each, you know, entrusted with guarding an infinity stone. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know, I'm looking forward to reading that because I'm going to, you know, keep on reading those. And it, at least, I mean, there's no way in hell I'm going to read every single bit of it, but I'll like you know, kind of go through and read like kind of the 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 key books and, and storylines and stuff that you need to read from it. Yeah. Yeah, when you were mentioning Aftershock, you totally undersold when you were talking about on episode 50, the that baby teeth lenticular. You were totally undersold how badass it was <laughs> it's it a cool looking lenticular isn't it yeah you like when i saw it, it. I, was like, I was like fuck yeah that's cool yeah like that <laughs> so yeah that's a sweet one to have like i definitely can't really like put that up anywhere i guess <laughs> but it's cool to have is is it turned pretty fucked up i don't remember what it turned to yeah so like the goat the like the baby turns into like a like a little baby devil um like I want to say, like one of the animal, like the one animal from the stained glass, turns to like some type of other like demonized animal with like blood or fire breathing out of its mouth. Like it gets, it, it's pretty fucking like totally different, like creepy and shit. Oh, nice. So, uh, it was it was well worth it. <laughs> yeah, cause you got it for like twenty on eBay, didn't you? Yeah, which isn't horrible. I mean, half like <laughs> it was it was mainly shipping. Like that's what fucking sucks. It was like, I got it for like thirteen, but then shipping was like seven. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, I can lie to myself about shipping. Yeah, well, that's what I did. Like, because like he, <laughs> well, he, he, his initial like price was like thirty, and or best offer. So I, I went with a low ball offer at like ten, and then <laughs> he he went up to like fifteen or something like that or twenty, and I dropped. I did thirteen. And he accepted. I was like, all right. Cool. Nice. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten some good deals on doing that type of shit with best offers. That's what, I always look for the best offer ones unless I just see a really good deal on one that's uh, like I buy it now. Yeah, I'm not good at haggling. <laughs> I've had a couple where I've like had given them a lowball price and they've just like flat out rejected it. Oh yeah, I've it's got like that. you know not even like and that just feels like fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten that. I've done a couple really low or like two, like some of the, the buyers or the sellers will have like automatic, like minimum best offers that you have to have. Otherwise it does like an auto decline, but 
the ones where it's like you submit and it's pending and then they just decline it <laughs> for after a day or two. Then it's like, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a low ball move, but we went for it. Picture them checking their phone at some random point <laughs> of the day. Like, motherfucker. Who's this motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> I almost always like go f- make my first offer 50% of what they're asking. Almost always, at least. Yeah, that's not bad. Just depending on what it like how much they're starting it at. But if something's like yeah, like if they're starting something at like forty with shipping or something like that, I'll I'll usually try my offer at like twenty or slightly under or slightly above and then see how much they drop on their first uh, counter if they do counter. Huh. Yeah. That's when that's when I know I got them. If they make a good if they make a, a decent drop on their counter offer, then I know I can fucking get more out of them. <laughs> there's been times where i've fucking done like a counter or i've done an offer and then they counter offered with something lower than initial but higher than mine then i counter offered with something not much higher than what i originally did and then the fucker counter offers with with a price higher than what he's listing it for oh jesus <laughs> like, like i'm mo- gonna insult you back <laughs> you, like, you motherfucker <laughs> Like no, I want it for the price you re- <laughs> offered that last time. <laughs> you you can't go up. That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those interaction things I'm not good at. Well, it makes it easier when it's all through the, like just your fucking apps on your phone now. Oh, for sure. Well, I, for I sure. would I would be awful at trying to fucking haggle people for stuff like a flea market and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like, or like any type of con, like trying to go and they have it priced at like, like to me, like a lot of the times, like the stuff that I get is stuff that I already feel like I had a good price. So I don't even have to deal with it. I never, yeah. go, I never go there looking for something that I know is going to be like real expensive to begin with. And then I'm hoping I can talk people down because I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be good at it. Like a hundred, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was just, I wouldn't even be able to like, throw out an offer because I feel like I would like get like a dirty look. <laughs> like, how yeah. about sixty? And the guy would be like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> or the guy would just like, ignore my response and turn his turn around. Like, I got sixty cash. That's all I can do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is all the money I brought with me. <laughs> how bad do you want to sell that? Although, yeah, it works on some things and some people because if they're taking all that shit with them hoping that it's all gone when they leave, if they haven't gotten any bites and it's almost into the con, you might be able to get it away with that. Yeah, like you might have a better shot of getting those sorts of deals on a Sunday maybe. Yeah, because they're like, uh, they're starting to pack up and they're like, uh, like, yeah, I'd rather not have to pack this up if someone's just going to give me a little bit of cash. <laughs> <laughs> But I actually was able able to get when I went to the the con with Jared, the the very first issue of that Moon Knight run. I found oh, cool. it for like fifty cents or something. Like one of those, like they basically like shop just prints like all their fucking short boxes or long boxes, and they have so many fucking comics. And it's like they have deals where it's like fifty cents. It's like a fifty cents an issue or a quarter or an issue or something like that. And then if you get over so many, it's this much or something. I can't remember how it worked, but it was pretty cool. So you just yeah. have fucking people thumbing through all these different boxes. 
I remember this one guy telling me that he always looks for this one guy at a con where it's like you can get a whole long box of comics for like a hundred bucks or something like that. Damn. It's like, that is a fuck. Maybe it was even cheaper than a hundred bucks. I don't remember, but I know it's definitely a long box worth. Do you get to actually look through it to see what's in it first? No, I mean, you just go around, you get an empty long box and you oh, pick you out. Oh, you just fill it up. Okay. You fill it up okay. and it's just a flat rate for that box. I'm like, holy shit. And he's like, yeah, so you really like it, like trying to see how many comics you can pack in that fucking thing. Yeah, because <laughs> most, nice. yeah, most likely the comics that the dude's bringing to that to begin with, he knows there's no big dollar value ones in there. So he's yeah. probably, he's not really going to lose any, like, big funds on that he's just trying to fucking clear up space and get something for it oh yeah i mean and this guy had a stupid huge comic collection the, this guy that was telling me the story i think he said he had like 20 or thirty thousand books in his collection it's gonna be fucking jordan man <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> jordan's shit, gonna right? get that in like five years <laughs> i don't know how many is he still getting a ton on his poll list or is he is he dropped it down some i don't know I don't know. I mean, he's said that he's dropped books off of it and stuff, but. Because I remember he was, I remember him saying he was getting like a stupid amount. Which is like, he was getting almost like every fucking Marvel title that was coming out. Yeah, that in itself is a fucking. That's like 70, (laughs) I think he said it was like 50 or 60 different titles. (laughs) (laughs) That's nuts. (laughs) I think mine, I think my pull list is like. It's about to, when I counted like the miniseries that are about to drop off in the next like one or two issues, after they drop off, I think I'll be down to like 10. Yeah, I've got, I've and got those, over 2,000 on that. Of those 10, a couple of them like, are on hiatus, like Old Guard, or yeah. it's like Southern Bastards, where stuff doesn't come out every single month. Like It comes out more like sporadic. Yeah, and now that we're doing number one comic books, too, it's like, fuck. I'm finding these other things that I'm adding to my pull list. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like now I, I'm like actively searching shit to read. And now it's like some of it I want to keep adding. Like, yeah, since since doing number one comics, I mean, I've already added. I mean, I was already going to be getting Oblivion Song. So I knew yeah. I was going to be doing that one. But then like Gideon Falls. Like, I had no and clue Zola. about that. And Isola. Yeah, I had no clue about Gideon Falls or Isola. And so after reading those, I was like, like after because I read them digitally. And then I was like, fuck, I need to get these in <laughs> tangible copies before they're fucking sold out. Like, I got lucky as shit. I got one of the last Gideon Falls first printings. Like, it was a B cover, but I got one of the very last first printings. Oh, you printings. got the like, B cover with, like, that, that creepy black and white? Yeah. With the, or it's yeah. like that. It's, um, I got that same one. Yeah. I, I, have to, I don't have It's in my box right now. But, yeah. So, like, I got, like, one of the last ones in the fucking city. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> nice and then but then i gotta add to my pull list and it doesn't matter at that point but it's like trying to get that and same with isola like i couldn't find that because i didn't get it the first day it came out so then but luckily midtown you could get a signed issue for the normal price just had to pay shipping so i got that came in the mail today so at least i have that first issue yeah i got that same one too signed by both of the creators yeah that's such a good deal fuck yeah it is like i mean it wasn't any more expensive it's just limit one per customer which makes perfect sense and you just had to pay shipping i mean it it would have cost me less if i was getting other things when it when i if you were to factor in the shipping to it but i mean the shipping was just as much as what i paid because i was only getting that one item 
Yeah. That, that, and it's just cool getting stuff signed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was the thing, like, when I was, like, talking to you about that whole, that um, lenticular cover for, for baby teeth, it was just the fact that that person was, like, I, don't, I wasn't sure if it was worth the price that he was charging. Like, I'd rather have a, a blank, like, a non-signed copy and then hope I get to go to a con that Kate's is at and he can sign it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was cool being able to get my my realm trade signed by Jeremy Hahn. Man, what I talked about it on on number one comic books. I think I referred to Jeremy Hahn as the writer on that book. I think I'm pretty sure he's the artist on that. If I ever could, I feel like Dustin. I feel like Dustin Wynn probably uh, has quite long lines. But if I ever went to a con, he was uh, I'd bring all my fucking Descender books. <laughs> sign sign (laughs) and then get lucky and maybe find Lemire at another one at one day do the same thing yeah just just looking at this realm trade it says created by Jeremy Hahn and Seth M. Peck so maybe they just listed the artist first but I'm pretty sure he's the artist on this because I saw I locked it liked and retweeted a thing on Facebook where he was going through and inking pencils was it like a short little 30 second video it was fucking awesome to watch yeah, it's amazing those artists. Like, I remember I saw like a little video of McFarlane drawing Spider Man on like a one of like kind of basically like an iPad or something, and it's fucking incredible. Like how quickly he did it and how good it was. He just did like a super quick, quick sketch, and he's like, "Oh, we're just gonna do this, do this. Um, start with that. Like, we start with the eyes always, then you do the body, and then we go back in here and like the like the different." stuff that he's able to use within those like his like that tablet type thing that he uses allows him to like clean up a lot of the lines and stuff yeah after he's done sketching it which is pretty cool too but yeah he did like a, a minute or two minute video of sketching spider-man and he like everything colored him and all that stuff yeah yeah that stuff's too cool to watch it's like sorcery to me yeah, <laughs> you know, well, it's like cool. just watching somebody like create something like that. I'm like, fucking wow, man. Well, it's like I would. It's like now that I think about it, do I like I would love to have all my copies of Descender signed, but those fucking pages in themselves are gorgeous, and I don't really know if I want them to be marked up on. It's almost like I'd have to have like two runs of the fucking series, it's like the yeah. ones that are signed and the ones that I actually read. Because <laughs> <laughs> just that watercolor arts is so impressive when it's done well yeah dude dustin nugent's amazing isn't that, it, uh, who else does there's someone else that does watercolor i can't remember who brian stelfreeze does watercolors that are incredible that's right dude his a covers for the hard place are so fucking gorgeous like I they should, are they really are works of art i should be getting that uh I want to auction like on that, so I should be getting those like at the beginning of the week. Nice, which will be sweet. Yeah, yeah. If everything goes according to plan, our next episode is going to be a comic talk episode where where you and I will be talking with with Doug Wagner about his book, The Hard Place, and that'll be cool. That'll be very unique amongst the the comic talk episodes we've done. You know, we've we've done a lot of episodes where we've covered books and went deep dives on them and stuff, but never with one of the creators of the book. And, you know, especially being that, you know, I, I'd been on salt city geeks with Doug and then I had him on Startcast also. So that'll be really fun. 
it'd be cool getting to talk with him again. And then, you know, in that circumstance, that'll be neat. Yeah. I'm excited to talk to him just because I, I listened to that episode with when you had him on and stuff. And he seems like a really cool guy. Oh yeah. Doug's awesome. Like he, the, he could not be any more friendly. I mean, like such, such a stellar guy. Yeah. And the fact that he wrote one of the greatest miniseries ever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, that or one of the most enjoyable ones I've read with the craziness and fucked up shit that happens with, with Edwin. Oh dude. Plastic is so good. Um, there was, um, uh, a, a new gal started at my comic shop that I go to in uh, Marion, Iowa. It's called alter ego. And, uh, this new gal started, her name's Mia and she's such a joy to talk to. And like, she's really got the gift for gab. Like when I was talking with her, I was like, you should do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, maybe I can be on yours. I'm like, you can absolutely be on my podcast. So at some point I'm going to have Mia on. <laughs> nice. But um, that first time I was talking to her at the shop, she was telling me that she likes really fucked up independent comics. And I said, have you read Plastic? And she's like, no, is it good? I'm like, if you like fucked up comics, I'm like, this will be your new favorite book. And then the next time I ran into her at the shop was, uh, it was last Saturday. And she's like, I read The Hard Place on your recommendation and I loved it. Or not Hard Place, but I read Plastic on your recommendation and I loved it. I'm like, ah, (laughs) like it's so good (laughs) everybody should read plastic (laughs) it's so much fun it's so fucked up but it's so much fun yeah (laughs) yeah i'm pumped to get my to get to because i have the i have the first issue of the hard place i remember i got it and i just kind of started like i think reading a lot of other things at the same time so i forgot to keep picking up the issues and then by the time i realized it it was almost on its last issue so i figured i was just gonna wait and i was able to find I think I got so I think the auction that I won was it was eleven issues because it was all these variants. Oh, nice. like, yeah, so it was all the it was like almost I think it was like three variants on the first issue and like two on the rest. And then A's and B's on the next, yeah. Yeah, and um, I got it for like a dollar an issue. Yeah, I think Nick Rummel does the art on those, and so Brian Stelfreeze did the A covers on all those, and Nick did the B covers on all those. Yeah, yeah. yeah I only have the A covers. Yeah, because there's like a black and there, I remember for the first issue when I was looking at the pictures, there's like a black and white one or something that kind of looks like Walking Dead almost. Huh. It's that might have been right around the time that all the image books were doing like the Walking Dead variants. Yeah, I bet it was for like issue like 175 or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. Oh, well, it's definitely a Walking Dead one because it's it's like black and white cover and it has like the same type of lettering from uh, that the Walking Dead has where it has like the hard place at the top and then all out war on the bottom. Kind of like how Walking Dead always does whatever title arc it's on or whatever at the bottom. Oh, OK. So, yeah, it looks just like that. <laughs> nice. But yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to finish it because like, I want. I want to wait to get the tan- if I can to read the tangible copies instead of reading it digitally. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I've got. I think I got two copies of issue five because the one that was in my pull list was ripped, and there was none others on the shelf. And so my shop was just kind of like, well, "This is the one you ordered. This is the one that came in. You got to take it." Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small shop, and so I don't want to make. You know, number one, I don't want to make a stink because it's like I'm in there every week, right? And 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 also, it's like it's a small shop. I want to support them, and it's not that big of a deal for me to jump on Midtown and get a you know like a near mint copy, right? Yeah, 
So, oh well. It was, yeah, it's not like it was like a number one of a of a series or something from an old like a series that you're trying to collect or something like that. And they yeah, find, they found a first print, but oh, we ripped it on accident. But you got to pay for it. <laughs> Dude, my all the Saga fifty ones that came in last week, it was like that box, that diamond box got dropped, and so my Saga fifty one, the spines on every one of them on the shelf, and the one in my pull list, they were all bent. Ooh, and I was like, God damn it! But, <laughs> oh well, it isn't like I'm ever gonna sell my fucking Saga books. <laughs> I was about to pick up a, this the issue fifty of Saga. Um, when I was in there on Wednesday because they still had last week. They had last um. They had the new one, and then they had the previous issue still. But I was like, I don't have any. I think the only issue of Saga I have is the one that was for like a quarter that they did issue forty nine when it came back or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think the, it was like forty four maybe. Yeah, I think that was the only Saga issue I have outside of just the books. Um, yeah, that's the yellow cover with. Um, yeah, it's like a zebra uh, cowboy Alana yep. on like the rainbow zebra. Yep. Yep. On the. Uh, <laughs> I love the description we just gave for that cover. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Cowboy Alana on a rainbow zebra. I was going to go a little bit further and say what planet she's on, but it's a spoiler, so I'm not going to give anything away. Yeah, I'm but not su- quite current yet on it. Suffice to say, like that'll be end up being volume nine in the trades, I believe. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, I'm on. Yeah, because I can get. I'm going to order because Comixology is doing a sale. So I'm going to get the seven and eight trades because they're half off digitally. Because I have all the I have all the trades digital, but tangible. I only have the books of that compile the three trades of each. So I'm going to I'm going to get those tangible. I'm just going to keep getting the books whenever they compile three trades and then just read it digitally. Okay. no, maybe that'll be volume eight. Because I was just glancing at my bookshelf, and I think I've got one through seven in trades, and then that's when I started buying them, you know, issue to issue. Okay. Yeah, because 36, I think issue 36 is the end of the sixth trade. Okay, yeah. So then if it, does, right. if, so if it does five, this is about six issue story arcs, and 44, yeah, it would have been the start of nine then, wouldn't it? I think it'd be the start of eight. I don't know. I've I've had way too much to drink to start doing math like this. Right. Well, it might, it might, have, been, it might have been 49 was the start of the next trade. Because it was the 49 the one that was the first one that came back after a break. I feel like they went uh, on a break and just recently came back, like within like the last couple issues. I think so. Yeah. So I'm thinking like 49. <laughs> I think like 48 or 49 is the start of the ninth trade. So then once they finish that one, then the, then I don't know how long it takes them to make those books, but probably another at least few months for the hardcover books. Oh, for sure. So, but God, they're so fucking awesome. And that art. Yeah, I'm, I'm flipping through my CLZ app right now to find it. <laughs> how long do you think it's really going to go? I hope it never stops. <laughs> I love Saga. <laughs> Do you think he's going to try to, like, what's the long, well, he's done, he did Why the Last Man, that went about, what, 60? I think it went around 60 issues. Yeah, see, I never read that. Either did I. I heard it was really good, and I need to read it. Um, okay, but, so that, that Rainbow Zebra cover we were talking about, that's number 43. 43, okay. And that, okay, yeah, because that, that's the start of the eighth trade thing, because I think the eighth trade cover in the digital was that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm guessing forty 
Then it would have been probably 48 or something like that, or 49 was the start of the new trade. 49. Because, yeah, issue 48, dude, you'd love the cover of that one. It's Goose on the cover. Oh, I think you sent me that picture before. It's him with like a big ass <laughs> battle axe or something. Yeah, it's him with his axe and then scouts behind him and they're kind of walking through the woods and Goose is looking all fucking. Like, Damn. <laughs> Howdy ho, I'm going to cut your head off. <laughs> right. Fucking Gus, don't fuck around, man. <laughs> I love the way Gus talks. He's I'm so just, great. I'm so glad Goose he's still Gus, going. whatever. I'm, yeah, Goose, I don't give a fuck how you pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing it's Goose because of the two dots over his U, but who knows? Well, and I was thinking there was an issue, too, where someone, he's talking to, I think the it's either the Will or Prince Robot. And he pronounces it out for him. Well, he, he says Goose, and it's spelled like, you know, like the waterfowl. And he's like, no, Goose. And he's like, isn't that what I just said? <laughs> <laughs> Something to that effect. Oh yeah, Saga. That that's that's the one independent book that like everybody should be reading. Yeah, it's it's, it's too good. It's really good, and it's not like I mean, yeah, it's fucked up, but it's such a good just deep story that's involved with it too. Yeah, yeah, and it's got so much fucked up stuff that happens in it. <laughs> that fucking <laughs> the dragon sucking his own dick. <laughs> the random sex scenes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, lots of random weird sex stuff. <laughs> Drawn very well. Yeah, very graphically well done. <laughs> got Lana sucking on a titty. <laughs> or not Lana, you got Hazel sucking on the titty on like the, yeah. the cover of the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they aren't <laughs> that, that sets it. the tone, right? <laughs> like, yeah, this is what you're jumping into. Well, like, that was the thing, because I, I remember Jordan had sent the one the that issue 50 or something had the thank you letter or something to fiona yeah and i couldn't remember like, if it was a special 50 or if it was all the 50s so like i was gonna grab 50 because of that and then i was fl- thumbing through it at the first like i checked the very front and the very back and i didn't see anything but when i opened up the very front the very first thing of course is alana getting eight out <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's how these that's how Saga opens issues. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even the first book that opens with her like having somebody doesn't, going down on her. Well doesn't isn't in the first trade, like one of the those issues, the beginning of an issue, like it's him it's her and Marco having sex. Oh yeah, yeah, like and she's very, holding his horns. Yeah, like the very like first or second panel. <laughs> yeah, and she's like yelling something about, you know, like come inside me. Yeah. <laughs> and then he does it and she's like, You didn't really do that, did you? And he's like, You told me to. <laughs> <laughs> just do it already. It's just like knocked up. <laughs> yeah, because she's uh cause it's Hazel talking about how when she was conceived. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love that Alana's riding him and holding onto his horns. That's fucking hilarious. It's like Marco has handlebars. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, dude. This episode's been all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it has. <laughs> That dune detour in the middle is still weirding me out. Dude, my like, mom, you really should have just told me to shut up. My, well, no, dude, I was just sitting back like, fuck, dude, he, he's really read this. Like, I was starting to, like, I was holding back laughs and stuff. Cause I was like, fuck, he really knows this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is impressive. Like, you're rattling off shit and you aren't, you aren't pausing to think or anything for a second about it. Like, you just know it. Like, I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, he's got to have read this book at least like 10 times. Yeah, at least. (laughs) I was like, even shit, I really like, I don't know if I could explain this well. (laughs) 
That's funny shit. <laughs> oh, this has been a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, it has. I fucking love random comment talks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, looking forward to our next number one comic book. So we're recording that next uh, next episode of that early next week. And um, we got some good books we're covering in that one. Avengers number one. Uh, Death or Glory. That's. I think that book's going to be really hot. And then you're doing Mainstream and Rebecca's doing Sonya. Red Sonya and Tarzan. Yep. Yeah, so that that'll be a fun that'll be a fun episode. Yeah. And Those episodes co- are all fun. I love talking with you guys about all these books. It's this has been a really really great experience doing that podcast. Yeah, I l- always look forward to getting to talk to you guys about it and it's so cool too just getting like knowing that I I'm going to have like certain issues I got to read every couple of weeks and everything and Ones that I definitely wouldn't normally read that I'm reading and ones I'm surprised I liked that I didn't think I'd like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's kind of funny that it's spun off a couple other podcasts, too, that we're doing Oblivion Song and then going to be covering Azola once a month now, too. Yeah. So that'll be fun. <laughs> did have you looked at your... Did you get uh, Death, and, Death or Glory and um, Intangible? Yes. What What cover do you have? I uh, I think it's the A cover. Is there her sitting on a car outside a diner? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Dude, how fucking cool is this cover? Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I I haven't read it yet. I'm gonna. Either have I. I'm, I'm so save. I'm excited to read it. I haven't read it though. <laughs> it almost has like a. It kind of has like that watercolor colored pencil look to it. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I I bought the book. Haven't even opened it yet. Yep. Yeah. The first thing I did is I put them in bag and boards. <laughs> yep. Yep. I got my books. I brought them home. I, I scanned all the barcodes into my app and then just bagged and boarded them. And it's just waiting to read. Yep. That's how I am. <laughs> I, I don't have, this, I haven't scanned anything in there or anything like that with the, I don't have a, I have that CLC app, but I haven't upgraded to the full version where you get after you've already logged so many issues or yeah. whatever. Cause before yeah, you get I, like a hundred issues for free. Yeah, because before I was doing trades, I was just logging in the trades. Um, and then I started logging in some of the issues when I was getting full runs of stuff. So I'll probably at some point shell it out because it is super easy and convenient. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes the info's wrong, I've noticed. But, I mean, it's still kind of cool just to keep track of everything you got. Yeah, well, because a lot of the times, too, if it has multiple covers, when you scan the barcode, don't you usually still have to pick the right cover? Sometimes, sometimes you'll scan the barcode and then you still got a, a bunch of options to choose from. But um, I just got a variant cover for Nailbiter number 11 that I bought through Midtown. And it's the B cover. And that is verified by looking at the barcode. So that means like the barcode is like, you know, what it would be like. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah, it should be able to pick it up because, yeah, I mean, you look at the actual barcode on a comic. Um, yeah, and it lists what cover it is, you know, yeah. one through whatever. And it's got a two in that place, meaning this is the B cover. Yeah, because it'll right? go, it'll do, it goes the first three. So, like, the first three numbers is whatever issue number it is. Then the second number is the cover variant. And then the third, the third number is whatever printing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, so this is weird, though, because on the inside of the cover, it says that the A covers by somebody and the B cover. 
like I think it says that the B cover is Riley Rosmo and the A cover is Dustin Nugent, but really the A cover is Mike Henderson because Mike Henderson did all the A covers for Nailbiter. And so that one has three, but when I scanned it in, it said that it was the C cover, Riley Rosmo. And it's like, no, it's not. This is the B cover. It specifically says B cover on the back. I know this is Dustin Nugent because I see his fucking signature on the front. Oh, <laughs> and also it? Midtown Comics was selling it as the B variant Dustin Nugent. So, I mean, that was one of those inconsistencies I noticed in the app. Okay. And like, I even went into the edit details because I wanted to fucking change it because I was being all OCD about it and it wouldn't let me. And so then I just let it go like Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize when you told me that um, that uh, Dustin, is it Nugent or is it Wynn? I thought that's like. I don't know. I probably pronounce it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying Nugent, but I feel like that name is like Korean or something. And that, that NG is pronounced as just a W or something. You could be very correct. And I could be very, wrong. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I guess we both meet him and call him, you call him Nugent and see if he corrects you. <laughs> like, you know, it's actually when, <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is where I'm like, he, is this like a, who's on first thing? It's like, he's a, he, tur- he goes from being like, a, you think he's a super cool guy. And then you do that. And he's like, get the, fuck out of line <laughs> and i'm like oh i'm so glad i didn't go first <laughs> you'd be like wow i didn't know people who watercolor get aggro <laughs> right he's an angry so soothing. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> major props to dustin <laughs> it's fucking incredible yeah. and if i've been pronouncing his name wrong for dozens of episodes i apologize sir <laughs> yeah his art's incredible like I'll, I'll follow his um I followed his Instagram and he'll just like post all different types of like watercolor shit that he's done with like other characters that he just draws like he's done Batman yeah he's done lots of Batman covers he did all the B variants for Super Sons maybe they were the A covers I don't know he definitely did covers for Super Sons before Rebirth canceled it yeah that was the thing too with um that first that first run of Moon Knight that I was telling you about from the 06 run. I think mm-hmm. it's the I don't know I can, I gotta go back and look at the actual issues themselves, but I know at least the covers on those first six issues were done by uh, David Finch, and Finch's art is really fucking good. Oh, cool! So those covers, if any, if not anything else, are fucking awesome. But I know the art is also really really good in those first six issues. I just think since it was, I was new to comics, I assumed that whatever, like even if. I was reading just the cover artist. I was thinking it was the artist throughout the whole comic, but it may have been, he was strictly did cover cause he may have strictly just done covers. And then they had another artist actually doing the issues themselves. Oh, right on. But he's basically, he's kind of people compared moon Knight to, um, being like a, being similar to Batman, but mm-hmm. like a schizophrenic Batman. Oh, right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to check out that run. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, and the reason he wears white is because he wants his enemies to see him coming. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> like he's bossy. not he's not trying to hide in the dark. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I always always enjoy it. I'm always up oh, for yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, and now and we threw this together very short notice too. So I appreciate you being down for it, man. Oh yeah.
Yeah, that's Otherwise, the thing. Whenever you mention it, it's like, well, what have you been reading right lately? What should I read? <laughs> that, way we, that way, we make sure we have some some common co- uh, common comics to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's gonna be fun next week. We're doing the number one comics, and we'll do another start cast on Wednesday. Hopefully, that one that that I don't know. I'm gonna be super optimistic that that is not gonna fall through. Yeah, <laughs> but you never know. You never know a schedule. Sometimes things come up, but but yeah, um, everything goes according to plan. We'll be back uh, talking hard place uh, next week, and then I believe I'm going to do a second episode later that week as well that will release. Um, I'm going to record that one Friday night, but I'm not going to share any more details about that one yet. I'm going to be mysterious. Ooh. <laughs> But yeah, this was this was awesome, dude. Um, be sure and check out Number One Comic Books and Oblivion Song and Azola as well if you're reading those books. Um, uh, number One Comic Books every other week, Azola and Oblivion Song. That's a once a month podcast. So, um, yeah. Anything else uh, you want to say? Mm, no, I think we covered it. Right on. Well. I think we've covered it too. Honestly, I've had a lot to drink and I'm (laughs) just going to be like, have I said anything? I think I've said what I need to say. (laughs) I bid you adieu. (laughs) I bid you adieu. (laughs) Uh, Thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been StarkCast. If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja, or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, I'd like to take a moment to ask you all a big favor. If you enjoy listening to Startcast, please log on to iTunes and leave me a review. It uh, really helps with visibility for the show, and um, I would super appreciate it. If you're not a fan and you want to be honest and tell me how much my show sucks, go ahead and leave me one of those too.